I would like to begin this episode by thanking five people. Joe, James, Dawn, Stern J, and It Burns When I Pee. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash duckvtv and uh, kicked us some money. Uh, they support this show, others like it, and really help us out. You can go and do likewise, if you would like to, at uh, patreon.com slash duckvtv. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Witness, which is a first-person puzzle game developed and published by Thecla Incorporated for the PC and other systems in 2016. Yeah, Thecla these nuts. Uh, This episode was executive produced by Simon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, Simon. Yeah. We appreciate you very much. Yeah. Um, I had taken some runs at this before, and this uh, uh, got me over some, you know, having this for the show got me over some walls. So that was nice. It did make me play it. I have extremely mixed feelings on it. Same. Um, You know, (laughs) and uh, it's, you know, it's complicated. Like, I have have complicated feelings about this game. Yes. Um, I'm glad that I played it. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so you play as an unnamed character, uh, who wanders this uninhabited island of mystery, uh, solving mm-hmm. puzzles, uh, with very little direction or, uh, story, uh, provided to you. This is meant yes. to be a contemplative kind of thing. Uh, oh, very much so. Um, this is Jonathan Blow's, uh, follow-up to Braid. Um, if you don't know who that is or what that is, there's a, a really part of the kind of middle wave of very influential indie games um and the biggest critical darling yeah of that that wave um then this man went on to talk a lot uh, <laughs> and talking makes that, problems <laughs> yeah this, you know the, i was thinking about it uh there are very few gaming auteurs that i have i've grown to like more when i learned more about them yeah yeah you know, there's some, uh-huh. but it's pretty rare. Yeah. Like, you know, following Jay Tholen on, on Twitter, I'm like, this guy seems really nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that makes sense with Hypnospace and Dropsy. Like, I like this guy's philosophy, mm-hmm. and I like him now they know more know more about him. But generally, knowing more about the people who make these games hasn't helped. Yeah. There's um, th- there, there's something that you say whenever, John- whenever Jonathan Blow comes up, and, you know, I'm going to do my best to separate my opinion of the man from my opinion of the work. It's going to be really hard. The witness he, doesn't. No, he's, he inserts like, himself yeah. a lot into this. The act, the act of playing this game, it feels like you have him right over your shoulder. Uh, 
both quietly judging and also uh, kind of like uh, speaking directly into your ear the whole time. Um, but there's something that you said about him that is really, really accurate, uh, which is nobody should ever be called a genius. <laughs> or it, yeah, it, it hurts people to call them a genius. Yes. You know, like you call somebody a genius enough times, like they're going to get up their own ass mm-hmm. um, in a way that I feel like inevitably makes them makes them worse. Like, yeah, you know, talking about ego and and creator is something that you know, we've done a lot on this, uh, the show. And it's just really interesting because there's, there's people who I feel like, you know, a common response to my weird struggles with egotistical creators mm-hmm. is, well, if you can back it up, you know, that's fine. And like, he's, these are, these are great puzzles. And like, there's the really cool stuff this game does. The, mm-hmm. There's no doubt that my man is smart and has like a point he's working towards. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like this though. To have yeah. that be true. Like you don't have to be so utterly humorless about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about uh, one of the examples I think about a lot is, um, you know, our mutual friend and friend, friend of the network, uh, Riff Connor, mm-hmm. who did a lot of the writing on West of Loathing, which is the funniest video game mm-hmm. uh, I've ever played in terms of jokes. Uh, that man is incredibly hilarious. And mm-hmm. if you talk to him, he's just a dude. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's great. Like mm-hmm. he's got incredible amounts of just dudeness, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what I would like to see in my creators. I want somebody who doesn't think of themselves as, you know, quite as self-important. Yeah. And it, you know, this game is self-important in terms of the the bread and butter, in terms of the the I'm a smart smart boy puzzles, mm-hmm. but also the philosophy is very like about the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of meaning yeah about yeah like it's 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 aggrandized it's it's really really aggrandized uh there's a word that i don't like uh because i feel like it's thought terminating uh which is Mm -hmm. pretentious um i think that that is thrown around an awful lot um you know and i'm not going to use it again probably throughout the rest of this episode because i think that there are more elaborate things there's there there's there are better more accurate ways to criticize uh what is what is going on here um there are cool puzzles in here i think that what this does by communicating things non-verbally is actually like really fucking good um and the moments of epiphany and like realization that you get uh big thumbs up on that however um the point that he's driving at here is this is very much a game about the uh, about the process of creating puzzles and about the cro- about the process of making games and it is laced through and through with basically direct citations and quotations about you know of things that Jonathan Blow is kind of striving for this game to evoke. And to me, that mm-hmm. seems extremely insecure. Uh, where yeah. you have hours long, you know, an hours long uh, uh, lecture at the end of this uh, that is like talking about the importance of like hiding puzzles or whatever. It's like, dude, for as much as you, for as much effort as you put into like successfully communicating the mechanics of this through play, to then, you know, go alongside that and load this up with basically citations like cool things that you would link to on your Twitter account. Um, to like yeah. say, this is, this is kind of what I'm going for. It's like, I don't know. You can kind of leave that unstated. <laughs> like actually the more admirable thing would be to, would be to have it, uh, co- you know, communicate entirely through play. Um, if, if that's what you're going for. And so there's yeah. an awful lot of like a stated goal, you know, like we were trying to do X, Y, and Z on this, but all that did was create more, you know, all that did was create room for him to kind of undercut that by adding in these, you know, extraneous elements. Um, I, I mean, again, you know, to, to, 
kind of like make things headier. I'm okay with things being heady and literary, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But like, it can't get in the way of your stated design philosophy and it can't subtract from it. And that's the problem that I have here. It's really like part of it is, is I think an issue of trying to be about a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's about that game making process and perception and how that perception affects us and everything. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it that is frustrating is that, uh, it's very, you know, it's just, it's a very just kind of tell. Mm-hmm. All those moments you're talking about are very tell, not show. Um, you and I both came upon the comparison of this with Bennett Fadi's Getting Over It, mm-hmm. which are both games that are uh, very difficult in different ways where the narrator tells you what it's about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they, it just shows up. Like, you, you can just, oh, yeah, like, here's here's a video. <laughs> here are the things I want you to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of, there's a little bit of work for you to do in connecting it to the play. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot though. Right. Um, it is a very super liminal join the Navy kind of style. of theming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, again, the comparison to, uh, to Bennett Foddy's, uh, uh, was it not getting up? Is that getting up with Bennett Getting Foddy? over it. Getting over it. There getting we go. Getting up is what you do uh, with uh, no, Umberto Echo. Yes. Or with, <laughs> yeah. you mean with right. Mark Echo. I would really yeah, like Echo. to play Umberto yeah. Echo's getting, getting up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guarantee that was a web cut, co- like a thousand web comics in yeah. 2008 or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, no, uh, but getting over it. Uh, yes, you do have Benefati narrating that. That, however, is done with a real sense of humor to it and a sense of timing that is very much trolling you about what's going on. And that, I think, leavens it. There is there is no humor to this. That, that's, that's a big <laughs> thing that with like super, super smart boys. Yeah. That gets on that is a personal like i guess i'll put this the the big subject subjectivity disclaimer at the front like mm-hmm. i know a lot of people who like this game made cry like who touched them very much yeah it, it left me very cold and felt very um emotionally distancing yeah to me um i'm not trying to take anything away from you it's an extremely that's, that's true go ahead sorry for every thing we do you mm-hmm. know but i especially whenever we have something that's produced by somebody like this game probably meant a lot to simon yeah uh to produce it and i just don't want simon to feel like i'm kicking him in the nuts when i say like yeah, yeah i don't i don't think this uh i think this game is really self-serious and it portrays a man who is very self-aggrandizing and incredibly humorless about himself yeah um in a way that is uh viscerally repugnant Mm-hmm. to me and even separating the game from the man so much of the man leaks through in the game intentionally mm-hmm. like yeah. that is that it's not me bringing that it's the game bringing that yeah um that i can't argue with the experience of just kind of feeling like i have spiders on me yeah. when i think about you know those decisions of like hey you did a really good job here's an essay that i like yeah you know? yeah um it just uh it feels very sterile to me uh at at the end of it and one of the things that if uh, a piece of work is going to aim high i believe that it needs to um i I believe that it needs to uncover a basic human truth and i think that by kind Mm -hmm. of taking a by by taking the sterile citation approach i think that it is pretty unfocused actually and it, you know doesn't you know it it dwells it dwells on aspects of humanity but does not link to something beyond just oh isn't it isn't it cool how we learn things and how the human mind is designed to relate things and draw patterns um yeah you know it's an awful the, lot of words one, to kind of convey that same thing. effect yes 
you know, one of one of the things. It's not that's not the only thing I think it's trying to get across, but it, mm-hmm. it's one of the big ones. Yeah. Um, and this this is also a thing where it's not like uh, I think for people who this game touched really deeply, um, the play was also a plus for them. And mm-hmm. this was something where you know roughly two fifths of the play I found tedious and fucking obnoxious as hell Mm -hmm. like just exhausting yeah you know so it's not something where for me it's like oh this is a really fun game in the wireframe but the philosophy is what sinks it Mm -hmm. it's every set of puzzles has about two-thirds or so that is justified and then just an end game that is just exhausting and annoying the process of learning this stuff is a plus when it gets when it gets to being um you know kind of like the final the final exam or just kind of like what i would uncharitably call the difficulty fuck part of it that's when it starts being like haha i taught you it was fun to learn this but did you really pay attention i am the riddle master you know that 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 could eat my entire bridge dude like it is like it, it is it's exactly that because the the fun part of this, the aha for me is in tooting rules and mm-hmm. noticing things about the environment. Yeah. And a plus is what I would give that. Yeah. Like that shit is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will make more sense in context. We're kind of all over the place, but it's fine. Cause yeah. So is this uh, game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all, it's all, you know, that stuff is cool as hell. But when you, I get to the point where it's like, how many different ways can you iterate on that? It's impressive in a way that reminded me a little bit of like Uzumaki. Yeah. Yeah. Like Uzumaki was like, how many things are spirals? Mm -hmm. Let's do a short story about every single spiral I can think of. Yeah. This was like, let's make a puzzle for every single iteration of this that I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of those are just like not fun. And I didn't get any satisfaction of solving them. Mm -hmm. I just was frustrated. Like I would get it and Mm -hmm. I would know what to do, but I would have this feeling of looking at them and being like, I know how to go about solving this, but this just seems like it's going to be a huge pain in the dick. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do it, but I'm not feeling any, like, you know, I'm not rubbing my hands together and like, Oh boy, it's time for a fig Newton. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's more like, Oh boy, it's you know time for some, some work that unlocks more work that unlocks more work that unlocks more work. Yeah. You know, it's a real diminishing returns experience for me mm-hmm. in every strand of puzzle it, it you know it, the the initial part is great yeah great great, great. Uh, it, it almost has the exact opposite of the curve that i would want where um like like what i like is slow going in the beginning especially for puzzles but then as you figure it out it accelerates um mm-hmm. the uptake on this is really fast but then it slows down as it goes along um which is very intentional it wants you to stop and contemplate and take time away from the puzzle and go do other stuff and everything and mm-hmm. That is that is a currency that spends with me, but it doesn't spend this much. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the 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 game is about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the big thematic things about this game is like slowness mm-hmm. and observation. Like every thing in this game is slow. You are meant to take a long time to get through these puzzles. At the end, you are meant to once you do that, slowly watch this machine were to life. Mm-hmm. Open up, slowly fire a laser. How do you slowly fire a laser? <laughs> uh, the, the uh, you know, and it, it is meant to slow you down. Yeah, like that is part of the philosophical underpinning of this game. And you know, I can't not be the man I am. Like mm-hmm. pacing is important to me, and I you know that is a currency that spends, but it's a currency that only works in contrast. Yeah, it doesn't work as as an all consuming mode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get uh, into so you draw it. Lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're, draw, you're drawing lines. Yeah. So you're uh, drawing little lines on things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Uh, you explore this island in first person, uh, you know, in 3D. Mm-hmm. You have these two modes. Uh, you're kind of wandering in movement. Uh, and then you can press a button to enter your uh, your kind of puzzle input mode where you get a little cursor uh, that, uh, that you put up. Um, and the vast majority of the puzzles are going to be input onto these um, panels uh, that you see. These are pretty much always at eye level. It is very obvious, you know, hey, interact with me. And these panels, mm-hmm. um, uh, you solve them by drawing a path on this maze-like grid directed by um, sets of rules. Yes. Um, initially, they're just mazes. Mm-hmm. And the only rule is you can't intersect with yourself. You yeah. can't light cycle. Uh, but eventually, um, and they have to terminate uh, at this little line segment that's poking out of the grid. Yeah, and begin uh, in a circle. very effective how it shows this. Yeah. Yep, it begins with a circle. Um, that's very important. Uh, then there are 11 different areas that all have different kinds of rules or complications, uh, that define them. We'll talk about those as we go, mm-hmm. um, because that's mainly, you know, the game. But for example, early on, there are black and white dots that must be like separated. Mm-hmm. So you can't have them, you know, you're using the line to cordon off different sections of the maze, um, for each one. That's an example of the kind of thing yes. we're doing. Yeah. Um, one thing is we're not going to talk about individual maze panels in this. Right. Uh, that I think that'd be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and just imagine trying to describe uh, <laughs> them. So we'll talk about the rules and kind of some of the arc and everything like that, but we're not going to spoil solutions Yeah. Uh, in this. How could like, we? We will spoil the big cool twist, but we're not going to, you know, this is an audio medium. We're not going to describe puzzle panels to you. Yeah. Uh, this is an audio verbal medium, and this is a game that goes very far out of its way, at least in its mechanics, to not verbally describe any of it, uh, any of the rules, mm-hmm. anything. Uh, it is entirely uh, visual and tactile, uh, entirely uh, interactive. Um, and things are taught through the puzzles themselves. Uh, and this is great. I love the tutelage that, that you go through. Um, I love the way that uh, uh, it, it, uh, it it ramps up and how it teaches you exceptions. I think that all of that is exceptionally well done. The uh, the lines that are specifically like the classroom sections mm-hmm. are some of the 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 best designed yes sections of this. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, I have some quibbles about their placement. Yes, um, I I think that the game doesn't add a lot by kind of putting these willy-nilly i think just putting these at the beginning of a zone mm-hmm. would have been fine yeah um because getting to a place and realizing like is there going to be a tutorial for this that maybe i missed mm-hmm. or is there not is frustrating to me yes um, i would have rather had it just be there but mm-hmm. i do really like the way that these articulate yeah um and this this is how everything is done um there are two types of puzzles in this that are uh not done this way that are pretty tricky mm-hmm. um, for people of any kind of different ability. So uh, it's very colorblind, unfriendly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one whole section of it that relies on uh, color gradations other than black and white, and they are very similar color values. I um, and- I have uh, cones that are you know that a doctor would look at and say, yeah, no, this is a person who is not colorblind. Good cones, bro. Good, you, you, hey, yeah. good cones. Got to high five you on hey, the cones. Hey, buddy. I even yeah, had trouble. <laughs> I even had trouble discerning some of these differences. They were very subtle. It, it is, uh, you know, and there's also um, a section that is sound based mm-hmm. that a lot of people have different uh, issues with pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, forget. And if you were just hard of hearing, mm-hmm. you know, get fucked. Yes. Um, there's interviews about this where Jonathan Blow talks about it, and 
the again just like ways in which the hymnist leaks into the game mm-hmm. uh, that are again like it's hard to explain exactly why it's so repulsive to me but his tact on this was like we recognized that really early rather than redesigning it we just decided to make those sections optional but so, not like, really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're optional-ish. Like, yeah. you don't need to get them to get to the real ending or to get to the ending mm-hmm. or the true ending. You do need to get them to get the uh, full completion stuff. Mm-hmm. You do, uh, you have, the game is trying to teach you something about perception. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to make a statement about it. Yeah. Um, what is this, what is it saying to me? Yeah. You know, like, what is the message I'm meant to get from this? And the, uh, not only, and that's even putting aside the fact that leaving out those two nodes makes the game much harder mm-hmm. because even just to get the ending, there are two of them that you just can't straight up do. Mm-hmm. It also communicates to me from Jonathan Blow that this clever, clever puzzle idea he had was more important yeah. to him. And as somebody who, you know, I, the, the, the tone one, you know, I don't know exactly how you design around that. Mm-hmm. Colorblindness stuff is super easy. You just yeah. use shapes. Mm-hmm. Like, just and, and it would ruin the aesthetics. It wouldn't have this kind of like IKEA clean aesthetic. Yeah. But it would have been doable for mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. Like make some of the squares have pluses or minuses or triangles or square, you know, different shapes in them. Like you just use shapes. Yeah. And, cho- uh, and choosing that, that's what solves colorblind. Choosing color. which shapes you would get that, you know, to as to not like miscommunicate um mm-hmm. w- like what what is there? Uh, you know, like like what the rule is. That would be difficult. You know, because yeah. the, 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 the shapes that are used as kind of shape clues, you know, every part of those is, you know, essential to them. Right. But there are patterns yeah. you can do and, you know, stuff like that. It's not like that would be impossible. And you say, I don't know why this is so frustrating to me or disgusting. Uh, to me, the message that it sends is uh, if you were born the wrong way, then fuck you. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's what, I mean. That's like the, that is definitely the harshest way I can read it. And I I want to give this dude the benefit of the doubt that he's not just literally saying fuck you. Mm -hmm. What I do think he's saying though, is a more complicated form of fuck you, which is, um, my idea, my philosophy about puzzle making and game making and discovery is more important. Yeah. Yeah. Than Uh, than you getting this. Yeah. I'm I'm making a game that is encouraging people to meditate on these things and take this slow, soft path towards stuff and notice things about their environment. And if you just can't notice things about that, like there is an inherent kind of judginess, I felt, to the witness. Yeah. And by while by invoking something like that where it's just like, oh, like a you know, not not insignificant portion of the population just can't engage with it. One tenth. Um well, like it's yeah. somewhere between seven and ten percent of the general population. Yeah, just, More just males. Can't do it. Yeah. 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 And then and then add in people who are hard of hearing, mm-hmm. you know, who can't can't do the sound puzzles. Like yeah. it just reads as kind of vile to me. I don't mind the, you know, exclusion through difficulty. Like if he wants to make, you know, really, really difficult, you know, Steven sausage roll puzzles or what have you, fine. Not for me. I'll probably, you know, if I'm forced to play through it, I will grouse about that. Um, when things get counterintuitive, this is more elemental than that. Um, not to, you know, harp on that, uh, you know, or, you know, linger too much on an issue of, justice it just you know it's weird and gross and i to me it's i was turned on because it yeah yeah to me the reason to linger on it is because sometimes when i will say that i don't like the personality part of jonathan blow that comes through in his games Mm -hmm. people will not understand what i mean yeah and i think this is a useful example 
the, right? Like you, you <clears> could say like, oh, he's, it's not malicious. He just really wanted to keep those puzzles in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of sucks. Like you yeah. don't have to agree with me, but I, I think that kind of blows. Yeah. You know, you know at like, so. it, yes, this would require him to compromise, but also what you are and aren't willing to compromise about reveals what you value. <laughs> yeah. That's 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. what, you know, the uncompromising artist when it comes to stuff like this is not as like worthy of respect as maybe, you know, it, it, it is according to legend, mm-hmm. you know, according to kind of like common wisdom. <laughs> yeah. People like that in real life are horrible. Yeah. Like, you know, in the real world, you don't want to, you don't want to be around somebody like that. Yeah. You know, they, they leave have a path. to go to Buca de Becca because <laughs> you just found out it's, it's Italian for Buca the Becca, you know, <laughs> so we have to do that. Yeah. No, compromise. Yeah. That, that, for once. That, 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 that person in real life walks a path of burned bridges and yeah. it's only in this kind of, you know, rarefied auteur world uh, that it ends up, you know, leading to any kind of, you know, success or respect. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we, we're not going to go into that uh, so much anymore, but just note mm-hmm. that is a, a bugbear. Yes. Um, so the way that the areas usually begin, when you get these tutorial areas or just the kind of unofficial ones, um, the puzzle is so simple that by doing the one thing you can do, you solve, you figure out the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the part, what you have to do then is figure out what it's trying to tell you. Like, oh, this succeeded. Why did it succeed? What could it be trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Um, as you kind of go through these puzzles will kind of power up other puzzles later. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this kind of escalation of difficulty, uh, there, like one of the things he talked about was he couldn't make this an escalating difficulty because he felt like things, different things were difficult for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, within each biome, he definitely does do that though. Yeah, yeah. Um, through, through this power section. Um, one of my, uh, least favorite, just little like reverse grace notes in this mm-hmm. is to attempt to stop players from brute forcing things. If you put in the wrong solution enough times, it depowers the puzzle before, mm-hmm. um, which is a little time tax to go back and put in that puzzle again. And it just feels like a teacher slapping on the wrist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... like there are times where I'm brute, I'm not trying to brute force it. I'm just mm-hmm. trying solutions that might work. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to get around your intention. I'm actually trying and failing. Uh, and just yeah. because I failed one more time than I expected to, I, I don't know, like that doesn't motivate me personally, the way that I think, uh, to, to, to work through a strong feeling of like, and who are you to try yeah. to motivate me that way like, there's yeah. this weird like patronizing feeling to this whole thing yeah you know and it's like man no i get i get to fail that's the whole fucking point mm-hmm. of this like making me do this little time tax to stop somebody from doing something that like if somebody wants to get through your fucking puzzle they'll just cheat mm-hmm. you know they like you don't have to take this method to stop people from brute forcing it's not clever it's just like obnoxious yeah uh, yeah. to do that and it, it just ended up being uh very very frustrating to have something that follows like you know like chase bank timing you out of your password rules. <laughs> like the like the weird thing is so the most um the, the most charitable way that i could explain this is this is the game signaling to you okay take a break from this walk away from the puzzle go back to an earlier one and you know maybe through that you by by doing that puzzle again you will you know learn something new about the rules that are in place here that is undercut by the fact that when you go back to the previous panel uh the solution is still drawn on it so yeah. you can just trace back over the solution um and then go back to the puzzle that had you stuck and continue going through it again 
Um, well, and it's, it's not, I think that, I think that is the intention is like, Hey, yeah. think about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the frustrating thing is like, um, you know, I'm not, not thinking about things like what this mm-hmm. signaled to me was like, Oh, get out a piece of paper and pencil and try out your solutions before you put them in the final version. Yeah. You know, before you write, do the crossword puzzle and, and pen. And I'm like, fuck you. This is a video game. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not doing a crossword puzzle and pen. I'm, I'm, you know, but I'm, the, I'm interacting. Uh, <laughs> like that's how you learn things. You, you, you interact and get feedback and then you iterate. That's literally it's video games. Game. It's like what yeah. the, it's it's literally what this video game is too. Like, <laughs> yeah. and the the rules. You know, we talk a lot of sugar about the way this game teaches you things non verbally. It's far from perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, something this didn't show up for me, but I, I watched a video about this, and someone was saying that the uh, all the tutorial uh, black and white mm-hmm. uh, dots um, could also suggest that black dots need to be above white dots, mm. or vice versa. But like the way you do like for several one of those. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like it's teaching you that they just need to be separate. It could also look like it's trying to teach you about the space. Mm-hmm. Like there are other examples like that where this rule is actually a little bit ambiguous. Yeah. So yeah. just again being like, no, 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 the, the, the rule is correct. The game is correct. Mm-hmm. You go back and fix it. You didn't like, get this ambiguity. Incredible. You didn't understand yeah. that the edge of the puzzle, um, relies on this, or you didn't understand that all of the, that all of the dots a of a, yeah, or that all of the dots of a different color, you know, don't necessarily need to be in the same space. They just need to be cordoned off from each other and stuff like that. Those are assumptions that you had that like the trick of the later puzzles is, is, uh, being punished for assuming that. Yeah. You know, and it just, it doesn't, it makes me think about like what this buys by being nonverbal, mm-hmm. you know, like it's impressive. Yeah. It, it's cool. But if, you know, when you can have your nonverbal things be misinterpreted like that, like reasonably, mm-hmm. um, are you, are you, is the juice worth the squeeze Yeah, on that? And when it, when it is just like slaps your wrist, Hey, go back and do the old one again. I'm going to fail. You know, you have to redo third grade mm-hmm. uh, of this puzzle. It just it's like, man, maybe the problem is with you, John Blow, like it, 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 with the game. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it feels like this game is designed for people who whenever they run into something in a video game, they assume the problem is them. Mm-hmm. And this game agrees with that. Yeah. You know, more than any other video game I played, like this game is like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you're 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 the fucker. Like you're an idiot. <laughs> this is we're fine. Yeah. We're perfect. But and it's and it's something about having an opinionated uh, creator. Uh, again, what, what, what you are willing to compromise on um, reveals uh, what you value. This is something that I could imagine came up in testing. Um, you mm-hmm. know, people brought that in. I can see it as being feedback that was rejected in favor, yeah. in, in, you know, in, in, in favor of some larger thing. Um, again, was the juice worth the squeeze? That is subjective. However, it does, you know, you know, it, <laughs> you can say, yes, it was, but then I can say, well, actually I have a, I have, I have, I have, yeah, uh, for me. yeah, I've got problems with the assumptions that were built into that. Just like you had problems with the assumptions that I had about the rules <laughs> that you made. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's it just like, what, what, like, we're going to, we're going to do like go outside and bear wrestle <laughs> to figure this out. Like, why does this have to be, you know, a the uh so one of the one of the things that is um we're we're getting towards like the big spoilers uh, mm-hmm. of this game to you like if this is interesting to you like it's been out for a long time yeah. you probably already know 
but the 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 cool parts of this that it does uh the kind of rosetta stone understanding this um is that you don't have to be standing right in front of a puzzle to solve it mm-hmm. um you can draw paths at a distance and from different angles uh and very early on are required to Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this game got a lot of criticism when it was first announced. Some of it was unwarranted where people are like, why isn't this just like a book or why isn't this just an app? And this is why. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, when people are like, yeah, why can't this just be that? It is more than that. Yeah. The puzzles are integrated felt- into the world in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I first saw it, I also had that opinion and I was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of thinking like, oh, this should just be junior jumble for kids or whatever in a book. Mm-hmm. No, it, 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 it uses the, the medium. Yeah. yeah. Like pretty well. Agreed. Uh, so each of these 11 areas that you go to has a laser that powers up when you solve all of its puzzles. Uh, these will fire at the top of the island's mountain. The mountain is one of the first things that you see when you step out of the bunker that you begin the game. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, once you get enough, uh, you can go and finish the game up there. Uh, I believe you only need to solve five of the areas to get into the seven, seven. There you go. Yeah. So seven out of the 11, um, to get into the end game. Uh, however, which seven areas you solve implicates how prepared you're going to be for the final exam there. Uh, there may be sets of rules, um, that, uh, it is requiring mastery of that you did not master. Yes. Yeah. And again, it will stop you from brute forcing. So at that point you either go learn those rules or you just cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, the final get off if you want for the, the big twist, mm-hmm. you know, this is your last chance. Um, the final kind of puzzle and the coolest thing this game does. Yes. Like bar none, um, is these environmental puzzles. Um, you will kind of, as you're moving through, you'll notice that certain geographic features of the island that are not on the puzzle panels resemble the puzzle pattern, pattern, uh, panels. Yes. Uh, so you will see this circle and line motif everywhere. And if you just click on, you know, this distant Vista that has that motif, it will go into puzzle mode. Yep. Um, this is great. This like, rules. This is, <laughs> I love this. Yeah. This is what made people fall in love with this game. Uh-huh. It's also the core uh, concept of the game when you learn about the development mm-hmm. when when jonathan blow talks about what inspired it and it's like man why did you have to put a fucking billion just tedious <laughs> like puzzles in between this like why didn't you yeah. make a game about this because like, i think there are 20 of these uh-huh. out of 500 or 600 puzzles it's 650 puzzles total uh is uh yeah, and there is, are 22 of here. these i think yeah and it's by yeah. far the coolest thing the game does yeah like and i love that i love that as a concept for a game a game that through repetition and teaching alters the way that you see like as an Mm -hmm. engine as an engine to induce tetris effect you know like intentionally as opposed to you know just kind of like timing your blinks as you drive down the highway because you see the street as a rock as a rock band lane you know yeah (laughs) you know like that is super cool i love this and like the, the, the like the even cooler thing that is it's not just like the built environment the first time that i noticed this uh there's a a biome that takes place in a desert and there's like a pyramid uh, and you can kind of see uh the mo the the motif in the lines and i was like huh there's a circle here i wonder if and then it does an amazing audio cue that's like a thunderbolt um yeah and like you see it start like shining like it it just uh it's like this little illusion that pops up on you and like oh i can't trace this all the way you know because of the uh, angle that i'm at i wonder if there's a place where i could stand oh i can do that and then when you solve it like a moat flies over to this uh over to this monolith um i loved doing these uh i didn't do all of them like i didn't seek them out but whenever i saw them it was like i wonder if and then oh yes you can sweet 
and w- what's cool too, and like I, I also love this. I think this is great. And the, the what's cool is once you start seeing them, they become obvious in retrospect, mm-hmm. in a way you can't turn off. Like you start seeing the kind of artificiality of the world, yes, uh, itself. And there are parts of the environment design that are doing this throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like this game, you know, plays with perspective tons, and there are tons of little just perspective images that are just like little fun images you see. Mm-hmm. It's trying to teach you to look at things from different angles. Once you see this, it feels like they live glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, this environment is like literally, like just absolutely littered with these circles and lines mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, and when I say litter, you know, littered, uh, there's like 20. Yeah. 22. <laughs> but it just, you see them, they become very obvious. Like they yes. become some of the more obvious puzzles in the game mm-hmm. once you know they're there. But knowing they're there is an incredibly cool moment, which again is the entire impetus behind this game that has so much stuff, other stuff in it. Yes. Like the inspiration for this game was that idea, which is a solid gold S rank idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I will not, I will not impugn that idea. Cannot take it away from him, even if I wanted to. Yep. Yep. He's uh this is, this was a good idea. Mr. Blow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's great. I mean, like even down to, I mean, this is, this is a really early one, but like, you know, um, if you go back to where you begin the game, which is this long, um, this long tunnel, uh, you can go back there once you realize that this, that this is a thing. If you look back down that puzzle, you will notice that because of the perspective, if you stand in a particular way, it just looks like the most simple version of this puzzle, and then it'll activate. Mm-hmm. So it was like literally right there um, is, yep. uh, you know, the first the first piece of land that you walk on ends up being a solution to one of these puzzles. Uh, chef guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah, very, very good. Like, hats off about that. Yeah. Um. When you kind of move around this this area, uh, you're going to find things that are not part of the critical path. A lot of them are audio logs. Mm-hmm. Um, these are little tape recorders that play uh, excerpts from speeches that Jonathan Blow likes. Mm-hmm. You know, because we get to learn a lot about what Jonathan Blow likes <laughs> uh, in this. Um, initially, there's a lot more story to this, but um, one of his goals in this was to get rid of distractions. Yes. Um, you know, so the idea was, uh, he wanted every piece of information to be related to a puzzle or very obviously not Mm -hmm. related to a puzzle. Um, I don't think that he did this. Yeah. Uh, You know, you, especially some of the sound puzzle things, it's like, no, that's not very obvious. Like that's, you know, contradicting your goal of this. Um, but that is the stated goal. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, they, these are numerous. I, uh, thought that I found lots of them. No, I went on the wiki and, you know, they're littered all over the place. Um, this is not a game where you like interact with the objects in the environment very much. Uh, so mm-hmm. I didn't think like, oh, I can like touch something and move it out of the way. Uh, that ends up being where a lot of these are hidden. Um, so yeah. forgive me if we don't make note of all of these, uh, where they're there. I think I got the important mm-hmm. ones. We're not gonna make note of a lot of them, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I think we're I think we're gonna miss a lot of them. The other yeah. thing we're gonna miss a lot of, um, in terms of like we're gonna talk about in generality, but we're not gonna talk about all of, mm-hmm. is that uh, you there are certain kind of optional puzzles that will yield this kind of a secret room or a secret area, which has a little glyph. Later, you can find a theater, um, and if you put this glyph into that, uh, you get to watch a video mm-hmm. uh, that Jonathan Blow likes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are seven of them, I think. Six, uh, six or seven. Yeah, there are six, six of them. them. Yeah. Uh, six of them. And these are about different perspectives as well. Mm-hmm. These are philosophy videos yeah. uh, where we get a fun varietal of accents <laughs> um, that realm, for, or, you know, kind of go from uh, very STEM 
you know, very pro-science, very like anti or like skeptical science, um, you know, very much about effort and uh, stick-to-itiveness mm-hmm. and stuff. Just kind of yeah, gumption, uh, team, real team players. Uh, <laughs> it, it's got a uh, real team players in your area. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's got a, it, it underlines a lot of the things that uh, the game is kind of uh, juggling. Yeah. You yeah. know, like uh, in terms of theminess. Mm-hmm. Like I think that there is, you know, uh, the main thing I think this is about is about how you see the world in terms of, like game design, but there's stuff in there about how, like, you know, he talks about how making the game taught him things. It felt like the puzzles were already there mm-hmm. and he was just discovering them. Um, there's bits about that. There's a lot of bits about, uh, again, perspective. There's a lot yeah. of things about, like, kind of Zen, like, obliterating your mind mm-hmm. to to get this kind of knowing uh, feeling without actually learning. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah. of stuff about, like, connectedness, um, different perspectives yeah. and familiarity. Um, the entire and... pr- performance of Moby's We Are All Made of Stars. <laughs> uh, it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, Must have cost a yeah. fortune to license. Yeah. You, you get, if you unlock the certain <laughs> patterns, you get into Jonathan Blow's CD collection. <laughs> and uh, it's that Meredith Brooks. It's weird. <laughs> um, the, um, so. Oh, my God. So, so uh, you can watch these if you would like. Some of them get very lengthy. Uh, otherwise though, you know, it, it pretty much just is, uh, is what it is. One uh, of them's an hour and it wouldn't be a Jonathan blow, uh, game if that wasn't, com- you know, related to a puzzle that you had to wait through. Right. You cannot scrub, you can scrub these, but you cannot scrub this one. Mm-hmm. He's just is again in that very like patronizing school marm way. No, mm-hmm. no, no. If you want to do this, watch this thing. I want you to watch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a pretty game. I like the way that this looks. Uh, they mm-hmm. uh, achieved the, the, the look of it by uh, designing by uh, subtraction. Subtraction. There is not a tremendous amount of detail, um, and everything that is there uh, is necessary. Uh, you know, lots of bold colors, uh, simple forms that is intentionally designed uh, to draw your eye, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, succeeds at that in a lot in, in most of the most of the time. Yeah, yeah, they, and and also tons of these again, these little perspective Easter eggs. Mm-hmm that are everywhere. Like there's a lot of little, like little grace notes in terms of how this is laid out where it might feel like a random video game biome. Mm-hmm. You know, they just set up like a tool to draw like desert dot dot level. Uh, but instead it's like, no, no, no. In this desert, there's a, a tiny little, you know, bush. And if you look at this bush close enough, it's full of stick bugs that you can't see from a distance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of little things like that that I think are pretty great. Yeah. Um, and I love it when uh, a style works both at the macro and the micro like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, again, another thing that is uh, impeccable. Yes. I would say. Um, a choice that I take exception to um, is that uh, there is no music in this game. Almost no music. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Blow thought that that would be a distraction. He considers music to be extra stuff. Uh, there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, is the type of g- new type of guy dropped. <laughs> Like, just, like, I don't care for that music. It's just a distraction. No, it's just a passing fad. Uh, yeah. Instead, what you get is a lot of um, ambient sound uh, of the of the environment. A decision that I like is because this is entirely lifeless. There is no um, there there is no like bird song or anything. And when it is there and it's necessary for puzzles, it is being piped out of speakers that you can find in the environment. Yeah. Uh, that does kind of like lend to a certain atmosphere uh, of loneliness and isolation. 
uh, kind of almost like desolation, <laughs> really. Uh, but what I think would actually make it more atmospheric um, is music. <laughs> yeah. And the music could also be piped in through speakers because yeah. the, you know, the actual story, the context of what we're in, we are in a, like a, again, spoiler, like a VR simulation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this game is what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so designed, like all the statues and the fake, uh, you know, the kind of perspective tricks and stuff like it is theme parky. Yes. Um, um, and I don't, you know, yeah, I don't want like a, a small world loop or something like that, but it does contribute to a feeling of like, you know, it wants to enforce quietude mm-hmm. um, in a way that, like, when that works, that's really good. And when you're not in the mood for it, it just feels really boring. Yeah. Um, um, in certain um, places, it, it it ends up working. I don't know. It's weird because he says, oh, music is extra stuff. But by far, the thing that has stuck with me the most about Braid is its soundtrack. That licensed, yeah. uh, you know, kind of like classical-ish ambient kind of stuff. I mean, that's still on regular rotation for me. Like, that is a highlight of that game. So he has shown that he can exercise good taste with that. Yeah, it's for him again. It's it's that's the part of him that bleeds through. Is that for him? It's not taste. It is, you know, it's not about whether it's good or not. It's it's the correct thing would be to do it without. Mm, yeah, you know, it's a singularity of his vision. Like anything that distracts from that, be it accessibility options or music, mm-hmm. it's got to go. Um, the uh, so this was announced in two thousand nine. Uh, following uh, Braid, which was very successful, mm-hmm. as portrayed in uh, Indie Game, the movie, if you want to watch Soldier Boy, <laughs> saying that he does not understand it, and, and then Jonathan Blow like he's cry. about to cry. Yeah. Yeah, just incredibly sad that Soldier Boy didn't understand his art game. People can be wrong um, about you. People people can be wrong about your stuff, and it cannot affect you. <laughs> Soldier Boy can. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has Kurt Blanche, yeah. you know, to, to, to do that. Like, I, what do you... What do you why are you sad? I'm not trying to say like Soldier Boy is too dumb to get it or anything, but uh-huh. he's having fun playing a video game with his friends. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, man. He's loving it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I can't. The the part of you that gets sad about that, I just kill that part inside you. Yeah, you know, grow up, Jonathan Blow. <laughs> like, what is it? It does doesn't matter. It's okay, buddy. Yeah, you know, you didn't fine. read Soldier Boy. Yeah, did you know? You know, and th- this is this was also in the thing. You know, he he became very famous for like responding to. Uh, articles yeah. like people message board posts and stuff. He was like a real chronic name searcher of like correcting people who were getting the point of braid wrong. It's God, good luck. So, Not, yeah. So yeah. again, new type of guy dropped like, <laughs> um, so the, the soldier boy thing ends up making a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, braid is like, I have also complicated feelings about braid, but I agree that soundtrack is impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, but this did, you know, that game did really well, uh, is the end point here. So we had lots of money. Yes. Um, he was able to expand the scope for the, for the witness, hire a team, develop his own engine. And it's definitely bigger and more ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a stated goal in making this was to, you know, kind of like capture and repeat that moment of real realizing something, you know, either about a puzzle or about a story, just kind of those, you know, how can we manufacture breakthrough after breakthrough, um, yes. uh, and, and people ultimately, ultimately leading up to a different way of seeing at least the game world. Right. Uh, the path drawing aspect of this began uh, life a long time ago, uh, back in uh, 2002. Uh, and this makes sense because this would have been the heyday for that kind of idea. Uh, he had the uh, an idea for a game where you played as a wizard who cast spells by tracing patterns with a mouse. Uh, think a similar idea to uh, like this happens in black and white. Like that's how you cast uh, different spells. Yeah, yeah. No as well yeah. and specifically he had the idea of you would learn these spells as you would go mm-hmm. um and eventually you would see in nature you would see a shape that matched the spell books you would find mm-hmm. 
So you would look back, you'd climb up this mountain, you'd look back, you would see that shape, try it, and it would be a more powerful spell than anything you could make from a book. That's great. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, super cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the idea that this game is built around, even though I, a distressingly small amount of this game is about that. Yes. <laughs> um, that he wanted to pursue that moment and build a game around that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did build a game where that moment uh, is, cont- is contained within it. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I learned, uh, when I, was, I was watching the, uh, no clip documentary on this. It's interesting that when braid came out, he was kind of considered this, like the sage of game making. Mm-hmm. Cause prior to that, he had just done like lots of like very small games and did like a little bit of coding in Bioshock two yeah. and stuff like he had done, he'd done very little, mm-hmm. uh, before braid, before he just kind of, you know, got the reputation as the braid guy. And it makes you wonder if like whether he was like that before braid this would um this this is a verbal comparison if somebody said this about me i would punch him in the fucking face uh (laughs) but it's actually kind of a similar arc to boot the guy who made boondock saints (laughs) okay yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, all of that plays out like the face punch like yeah Yeah. (laughs) go on (laughs) yeah Yeah. no i mean just uh uh, you know so a a first independent effort that is uh you know strongly uh opinionated and you know kind of divisive um Mm -hmm. that gets a lot of praise and gets gets a lot of uh attention for a creator as being a leader for a new movement uh and Mm -hmm. you know maybe it was kind of unwarranted and maybe the press kind of got ahead of themselves a little bit and it just kind of fed let's say not the best angels about either creator um and their and and their tendencies you know who can say how any of us would stand up to the just the 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 fucking fusillade of praise that uh that that blow got (laughs) and be unchanged by it but yeah it feels like a similar arc um to you know to, to 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 the boondock saints guy and I think the Boondock Saint guys has done more capital P problematic shit. Yes. Like Jonathan Blow, you know, when we talk about how he talks a lot on Twitter, like he's gotten into some like weird biotruth shit. Yeah. Which yeah. is the the reason the evil stuff he said. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, women are genetically predisposed to be less interested in coding or something like that. I don't know the exact I, that's paraphrasing. Uh do not at me. Yes. Uh, I understand that I'm paraphrasing. But my point is actually to defend him in that I think that the Boondock Saints guy did something more capital P shitty. Yes. Like, I think he did some harassment stuff. We're not accusing, we're not drawing comparison. No, no, I'm I'm speaking specifically just about, just about the work and the response to it that created a new kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blow, uh, there's a, there's a, an Easter egg in the game that supports this. So Blow was inspired by Mist Mm -hmm. to start doing game development. He loves Mist. And uh, one of the goals of the witness was to capture that kind of good part of Mist, but subtract what he considered to be the bad parts of Mist. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of pixel hunting and distractions, yeah, uh, and such. And I was I was curious as to what you thought about this because I like Mist a great deal more than I like this. Yeah, um, you know, I, I like Riven more than I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious, you as a bigger Mist fan, how much how many Mysticules was captured for you? It feels very superficially like Mist to me, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, the, 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 there's a mystery inherent to both uh, that mm-hmm. is uh, in, intriguing. 
Uh, however, I think that actually, like the um, fictional purpose of the of the worlds, however overly com- or of, of the ages, um, however overly complicated they may be in service of gameplay, actually is additive. You are trying to figure out the purpose of these machines and the way that they are um, uh, kind of integrated across spaces in order to access mm-hmm. particular places. Um, I think here, um, you know, though he does you know streamline a lot of this by making a lot of the puzzles extremely obvious to you you know it's going to be um a panel that is at eye level i i also think that a valid way to talk about and convey perspective in a game is to teach somebody in a missed game uh how how exactly to see with the correct eyes to interpret these areas and intuit what what is interactable um, I think that that yeah. is part of the joy of that. This, by being streamlined, I think sacrifices um, a lot of that. Uh, it is um, <laughs> uh, that there are elements of it there, you know, especially in the environmental puzzles uh, and things like that that do capture, you know, many of the same feelings. But I think that there is a there is a modesty uh, to, to to miss that this does not capture. I think there's there's a modesty to it. Uh, I would agree. And then I also think that where I disagree with Jonathan Blow is that um, all the cruft in Mist is good. Yes. Um, all that, the cruft is there to, like the thing that's missing from this that is a big part of the appeal of Mist is the sense of, like when you're discovering this technology um, in Mist, the puzzles are not there to be a puzzle. Yeah. You know, it's it's there. It's the inconvenient way that, you know, this guy decided he wanted doors to open and close. <laughs> right. You know, things like that. Like, there's a sense of, of lived in. And, you know, the the part of this this game that reminded me the most of Mist, or vice versa, rather, was the the teaching, you know, the uh, the hangman's game mm-hmm. in Riven, right? Yeah. Probably my favorite, like, single moment in Riven mm-hmm. uh, was that teaching you numbers and stuff. And contrasting that with how this game teaches you things mm-hmm. tells a lot about those different philosophies. Because... Yeah. In that game, learning that bit teaches you about the world. It teaches you about character. Yeah. Like, you you are learning a lot of things from that. It's not just a lesson. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, all that context is not cruft. Like, all that context is not... Yeah. Pixel hunting. Because what you learn, you know, that, what you learn there is, it's, it's applicable to other, you know, like when you know how Gen's mind works, you know, you can understand the purpose of these other things. Oh, what I'm looking at is actually a small version of this gigantic machine that I see out there. And this is what it's used yeah. for, you know? <laughs> and understanding how Gen's mind works is inherently valuable. Yes. Like it, it sells an emotional truth and a core to this in a way. So like this is, this is, I'm coming, going somewhere with this mm-hmm. in the videos that you, you watch from this, that Jonathan Blow has you watch. I didn't do all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the first couple of them and he's showing different perspectives. And the first one, uh, I threw my iPad down because it's, <laughs> it's pretty vile. It's about, uh, it's this like very stem lordy kind of, uh, you know, Art is the easy solution because it has people in it, but science is the tough solution that actually gives you real truth. It's James Burke. And that's, you know, so, like, if you know yeah, if you know the work of James Burke, then you know exactly what kind of shit it's going to be on. So, so then after that, like, we do other, you know, the mm-hmm. limits of science, uh, the spirituality. He presents other perspectives. I think that the design of this game supports that first perspective more than any of the other ones. Yeah, and this is an example of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, hey. 
I considered like people would have been a distraction. Yeah. You know, music would have been a distraction. <laughs> like these things that make something like mist really kind of beautiful and it's easier to grok makes it like, that's the, the Burke perspective. And that uh-huh. is like, it's damning. It's something that allows you to connect with it in a human way. I, I mean, in, in like a heart way that is, <laughs> fucking crucial yeah i mean uh, like the, there's a there's a word i used earlier sterile this is really sterile like oh i figured that we could i mean the the choice that blow is made by making this a completely artificial space even within the universe of the game and having everybody just be statues that don't really say anything about what's here is like you strip yeah. you strip culture away from it you know yes. not not to make everything a, a comparison to mist uh but another game that we have played this year that uh cribs from mist and cribs from riven is um outer wilds which is extremely mm-hmm. humane and is about doing this um you know archaeology it's about doing this anthropology on uh, the people who came before you and understanding stuff about their culture like i I don't know i think that this actually does get to something which is this lacks a necessary humanity um by taking the capital h humanities out of it you know yeah (laughs) and and that's us being you know humanities cucks yeah like in a general sense like i think that you know you you're a little bit more tech minded than I am, but both of us I think would probably be on that side. Of we're the both on the softer sciences, divide. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're both into the soft sciences, but like when I compare, when I think about games that are like works of genius, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think about this, and I think about something like Disco Elysium, which is not about epiphany moments or anything, mm-hmm. but has haunted the fuck out of me since oh, I yeah. played it. Like there there are emotional. <laughs> truths to that that i think about disco elysium has also changed the way that i see the world (laughs) you know 100 that's what i was gonna say like by by changing the way that i see people Mm -hmm. within it like you know and this is maybe i'm falling directly into jonathan blow's trap by you know kind of creating a cone but Mm -hmm. like what is the world without people in it yeah you know it's not just about my perspective that is witnessing Mm -hmm. this world that is the witness to the world it's also how people affect it and how people inter interface yeah uh, with each other that is the that's the good shit that's the important stuff yeah you know you can you can like have this intense feeling of pure intellectual joy through fully understanding a puzzle but if james burke doesn't have anybody to tell that to you Mm -hmm. he's fucked you know (laughs) like that like like what is he gonna do? It ends you know, up wait, like he's yeah. Ah, it, ah. it ends up being suffocatingly <laughs> solipsistic, actually. Like it yeah. is, it is entirely about your about your perspective, um, regardless of what anybody else has gone through. I I, I don't know. Which, which is the opposite of <laughs> lessons you learn as you grow up. Yeah, like uh, you, that is how you start out as a kid, uh-huh. and then as you get older, you realize that's horseshit. Uh huh. You know, like the trajectory you should be getting on as you get older is being kinder and more considerate of other people's perspectives, not just like what angle they're looking at a statue from, Mm -hmm. but literally like what's in their heart. Right. Caring more about that is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like that you realize that's more important as you go on, not less. Every work cannot be everything. Every work cannot speak to every aspect of the human experience. But again, the trade-offs that you make and the compromises that you make reveal what you value and taking this as a magnum opus as the um <laughs> as like a perfect expression of the way that a creator can interact with uh somebody who is controlling a work and is also being controlled by it uh i don't know it doesn't paint a real flattering picture about values to me actually <laughs> no 
Now it, yeah, it really just seems like something like, you know, and it, nobody who's listening to this, do I, I'm asking you to agree, but right. in terms of understanding mine and yours and some other people's knee jerk reactions to this dude, mm-hmm. this is the best that I can do or we can do as far as articulating like where we're getting any personality yeah. from this work. Like it's not, uh, you know, I don't think that, you know, bad people can't make good art. Like I, you know, separating the art from the artist is really complicated. It's not like a rule that I follow. It's also mm-hmm. something I don't think is impossible. Um, with this, I think very much the artist comes through in his work so, so, so much. And the more I think about that, the less I like the artist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's um, again, he's, it's he's right over my, right over your shoulder the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, just perch in there. Yeah. Gargan out. <laughs> um, the original budget for this was $800,000, but it ballooned up to $6 million. Yep. And you see it on there. Like, there are ambitious, neat things this game does. Yes. Um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's it's not cheap. You know, right. Again, going into that misconception of like, oh, it's just a bunch of panel puzzles. Who cares? Absolutely no, no, not. No. Yeah, there, there's actually a lot more going on here. Making your own engine um, is a time-consuming and expensive process. You also get things out of it. Like, this entire... It's really cool that this entire island is just kind of, like, kept you know, the state of it's being tracked at all times. Um, there's, mm-hmm. you know, neat, neat stuff about that. And that's, again, part of Blow, you know, understanding, hey, I've got resources. I'm not going to take shortcuts. Uh, but also he refused to reduce the scope of the game. Uh, whereas expanding the scope as they developed and, you know, uncovered new capabilities, that was okay. And that ultimately yeah. led to not only the um, increased budget on this, but also, I mean, this took a long time to develop. Yeah. Oh, very much so. I mean, we just said, yeah, it started uh, in, what is it, 2009? 2008, 2009, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, so so quite a, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, So to kind of get these uh, physical spaces in the game and totally nail them, the team consulted with architecture and landscape firms, mm-hmm. you know, so they would have optimal pl- flow for these zones, mm-hmm. um, which they do. They flow really great, yeah. and your eye leads them. But again, it feels more like a theme park than a real place. Yes, yeah. Uh, this originally released at $40, uh, which drew criticism. I don't like thinking about or talking about the cost of things. I think that there's enough here. 40 seems fine. We should be willing to pay money for games. Uh, also, it's, uh, what, oh, go ahead. Well, it's really interesting because he talks about how he doesn't want to give away the game, mm-hmm. you know, um, from a marketing perspective saying like, hey, this actually does really neat, weird stuff mm-hmm. is would be good and would justify the price. But from an artistic perspective, he can't spoil that epiphany. Right, right. So the reason why it has that criticism was because, you know, and it's not, it's not really an issue of fault, but the game was not, uh, it's hard to explain what is cool about this game without spoiling it. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be like $40, trust me. Mm-hmm. And even that, trust me, you know, that that's money's going to spend differently in terms yeah. of what that epiphany will do for people. Mm-hmm. Indie games just didn't cost this. Like the Talos principle came out at the same price point. Steven, Steven sausage roll came out at $30. Think of like a year or two after that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just, uh, when we talk about that, this costing $40, I think is just as notable as saying like EDF came out at 20, right? It's part of yeah. the story um, of the, you know, the earliest reactions to it. Um, I also yeah. think that in order to compensate for that, he made a lot of claims about the length of time that the game would take, saying that, oh, it's $40, but you're going to get 80 or 100 hours out of it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really just depends on uh, how how many of those breaks you're going to take, yeah. how many times you're going to watch the essays. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm glad it didn't take me 80 or 100 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be here right now if it took me 80 or 100 yeah. hours. Uh, we probably wouldn't have agreed to do it for the show. Yeah. Um, the original plan for this was to be PC only, uh, but eventually got ported to consoles and iOS. By no, under no circumstances should you play this on iOS. I was gets it, gobsmacking that you play this on iOS. I got that version yep. of it thinking, hey, I could try it. No, this is execrable. <laughs> yeah, it's. I forced myself through it because I didn't want to just like take a bath on forty bucks, you uh -huh. know, or thirty bucks to to pick it up again. Uh -huh. Um, and I just kind of patienced my way through it, and is just a combination of life circumstances. Yeah, that I had a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah. To to look at my iPad. Uh, and, you know, whenever I say something like this, someone's gonna be like, oh, you just didn't like it because of that. Like, no, like that added friction and stuff. But I did not not have enough time mm -hmm. for this. I picked this up um, several months before Simon sponsored it. Yeah. Um, I think I picked this up. There was a sale and I got this on iOS in like November or October. Yeah. So I was yeah. poking at this for fun before it was sponsored. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not under a time crunch by any means yeah. with this game. I took it in the optimal way, which is poke at it when you feel like it. Mm -hmm. um, and I took it in a, like, I eventually got to the point where moving around on iOS, which was really cumbersome and shitty, um, I just got used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and but like, don't be like me. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you have a chance to play this uh, with a mouse and keyboard or, or, or a controller, uh, please, please do that because uh, you're, you'd be doing yourself a favor. Uh, just mm -hmm. it would reduce the friction for it. I played this on PS4, PS5, uh, and it was nice having it in the, in the living room because I've got a whiteboard up in my living room. Uh, like for certain mm -hmm. puzzles, I even like made little like uh, cutouts um, and paper to like fit stuff together. Uh, it was mm -hmm. it was nice. I had a little puzzle lab uh, for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this this is definitely a game where it wants that's a target market. Mm -hmm. You know, for this like. Uh, I've like saw, I've seen videos and stuff online where people talk about like taking things into Photoshop, like making a digital version of that, yeah, basically yeah. Like, taking screenshots and then, uh, I mean, going and doing oh, that. And I, I, I don't know, like I could not have saw, like solved this game if I didn't uh, have a cell phone camera. Like I took just yeah. shots of the screen and then, uh, carried it up and worked it out. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of, uh, screenshots. You're, you're one of the things about this game like that, again, that currency is going to spend differently for different people. Mm -hmm. That's something that attracts me less. Yeah. Then it attracts a, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I usually find that to be a chore. Yeah. Um, and uh, it wasn't a appeal for me, but I can understand it would be appeal for some people. Yeah. I, I liked it. And I, I enjoyed some of those, even though like the puzzles that ended up needing, needing, needing to get the most exceeded my patience threshold uh, by quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy that we're kind of puzzled out for the year. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we took a real puzzle heavy first half of this year, man. Mm -hmm. Um, and we basically have the schedule for yep. the rest of the year. And uh, there's there's another thing on here that's another kind of plays a little bit in a mystery mm -hmm. kind of puzzle space. But other than that, yeah, uh, yeah. we're back to video games. So, <laughs> <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> variety. Variety is necessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This game got well received. Uh, it got lots mm -hmm. of critical praise. Uh, going back and reading some of the criticism, uh, it was nice to also see my own thoughts reflected as well as uh as as caveats uh kind of against mm -hmm. what is going on here uh and it sold well enough to recover its development costs uh early on i can only assume that you know given all the versions of this that came out uh it uh you know was successful for the team yeah which you know good yeah you know why you know why not 
Um, we don't know what game Jonathan Blow is working on next. Uh, since 2014, he's publicly been working on a programming language yes. for games, uh, which presumably would lead into whatever his next thing is. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it seems like his underscore trick is to make a lot of money with a game and then take as long as it takes to explore, you know, wherever the next thing wants to take him. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is good, even though, like, between this and Braid, like, I'm c- probably out. <laughs> like, I'm kind of curious, but I, he hasn't done tons to ensure my my loyalty or anything i follow the 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 development of this game pretty closely actually because it was out for so long um you know Mm -hmm. because it had been kind of dangling there for a long time um i don't know that i even if he had announced it i would be uh as dogged uh about it uh next time yeah 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 it's okay to get off trains yeah you have to go down with every ship if if you're enjoying it go down with that ship Mm -hmm. but you know so you don't have to you had to watch the last couple seasons of Orange is the New Black if you don't want to. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into it. Uh, again, we're not going to talk about individual panels because that would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to kind of talk about these different areas uh, in a general sense. Yeah. Uh, so you start out in this long underground tunnel, mm-hmm. um, and to get even through the doors, you know everything in this game that is interactable is a panel of some kind, or the sky, or a river. <laughs> right. uh, so the doors you go through uh, just have a simple line drag to teach you, like, yes, you can drag in a straight line, yes, you can turn, mm-hmm. and this brings you into your tutorial fort. Yes. Uh, it is uh, in a state of ruin, just like a lot of the places uh, on the island. There are a couple of places where you can tell people like could have been like lounging around. There are some places with like you know comfortable looking deck furniture and pillows and stuff, uh, but otherwise uh, no real um, sign of uh, s- sign of life. As the uh, little uh, puzzles get slightly more complicated uh, as you go, uh, your chain of puzzles will lead you to a force field gate that you cannot pass through. Uh, the uh, kind of like little key puzzle there is blocked. So this is teaching you that if you cannot see, like if there is a visual obstruction to the line that you're going to draw, uh, then you need to clear that obstruction. Uh, so you need to go power up these three devices to like lift these uh, little latches on the panel. Yeah. Uh, another complication they add here is puzzles that have multiple entrance points and multiple exit points, which will power up different outputs. Uh, and they can, they're binary. They can have one going at a time. Mm-hmm. So you can choose to power up one section or another. And we have these kind of glowing tubes of energy that will lead you to the next thing. Yeah. So we know what is uh, powered up. Um, once we get all three devices powered, we can open this path leading to the rest of the island. Yes. We've done the tutorial. Yeah. Uh, there's one of the lines that you can power inside that leads outside. Uh, this actually powers up a, uh, a little secret area back behind where you can learn a new rule. Um, one of, not one of Bill Maher's new rules, but just a, a new rule. Oh, yeah. Um, this is your first uh, introduction to to uh, to black hexagons, uh, which are puzzles where you need to wind the path through all of the hexagons um, in the path uh, to, yes. uh, to to unlock it. That's one of the more simple uh, simple rules. Yeah. So these these are not in the blocks between the paths. These are actually on the line. Is mm-hmm. to make sure you hit them all. Yes. Um, 
and there there'll be dead ends and stuff that make this more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there's a little side path here that you can pass by that has the hexagons plus the black and white dots mm-hmm. to it. Um, this is here very specifically to teach you, you know, bounce off of this. Like yes. you don't know the rules for this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, if you continue hanging down this path, you eventually get to the tutorial for the black and white dots, um, which we mentioned before. That rule is you have to separate black and white dots. Yeah. into their own sections of the uh, the grid. Yeah. And kind of the aha for that is they do not all have to share an area. Uh, they uh, just need to be separated from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that the outside of the map counts as a line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of inherently. Uh, one of the first areas that uh, I got directed toward, uh, just because it is the most colorful after you do the, you know, those first two uh, kind of tutorial lines uh, is the orchard. Uh, it is beautiful. Uh, just full of pink foliage. And um, th- th- these are not grids that you see. The paths actually resemble trees. When you look at the panels here, it has kind of like a tree-like design, and it is not clear. Like there is nothing on the panel itself directing you as to which path uh, this should follow uh, down the branches. Uh, this whole area, the orchard's trick, uh, is that the panels will always have a tree behind them, that uh, uh, has one apple at the end of one of the branches, uh, and the shape of the tree is going to match what's on the panel itself. Yes. Uh, this is a really... We should note that you can do this stuff in any order. Yes. Um, I didn't hit the orchard until way later, uh, oh. even though this is one of my favorite sets of puzzles. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is cute and aesthetically pleasant, yes. even though it doesn't give you a laser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's not... I mean, none of them are... You only have to do seven to get the things, so none of them are essential, but this one is mm-hmm. especially unessential. But it's a cute... It's cute. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, sometimes there'll be variations where uh, the trees, you know, the angle you can see the panel and the tree at the same time will suggest one thing. But if you look at the tree from another angle, it will actually kind of untangle the branches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the real cool one, like the final exam here, uh, is that uh, the final panel uh, uh, is next to a tree that doesn't have a fruit on it. Uh, there are just a number of branches, but the broken branches don't match one-to-one with what's on the panel. So you have to look and see, okay, somebody must have taken this, some animal or whatever, see what branch uh, is gone but is still there in the panel. That is the that is the exit point that you should be aiming for. Uh, yeah. That is real cool. Yeah. And this just gives you a little bit of a, a little environmental room. Uh, it opens up this little studio with bonsai trees and uh, drafting desk where people are drawing anatomical uh, drawings of like hearts and vein systems as well as uh you know kind of arteries and things Mm -hmm. um and this is just to do it yeah um the first place i went to uh is the uh glass factory yes here yeah um Um, walter white's glass factory watching (laughs) breaking bad again nice but the witnesses yeah uh no you go down and you kind of see this uh, uh factory that is built into a boathouse uh kind of over the water um, and the first panel here uh, introduces the trick. When you start drawing a line, uh, you know you will see that there are two entry paths. Uh, it actually uh, creates two lines, um, and they are drawn um, symmetrically uh, whenever you move along the grid. Uh, and those lines cannot cross. Um, mm-hmm. And as you go along, um, <laughs> there are going to be different kinds of symmetry that are introduced here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, it is kind of laid out, you know, the further you get away from the beginning, the harder it does get with the exception of the quarry, mm-hmm. uh, which is very difficult and pretty close. Um, you know, kind of belying the idea that they're not in an order. Yeah. Um, the, 
part of the uh, you know the thing that makes this complicated is that the the lines you're drawing are symmetrical, but the grid sections have different breaks. The mm-hmm. grids are not symmetrical. Uh, so what will work for one of your your lines will not work for the other one. You have to find lines that will work for both. Yes. Um, for kind of both sections of this. Yeah. Um, not too difficult, but you know, relatively satisfying. Yeah. Um, something that you learn in here is that the physical state of the panels themselves will affect, uh, the way that they solve, or at least your perception of it. Um, as you progress along the side here, uh, the glass eventually starts warping. It's like a distressed Pepsi bottle. Um, Mm -hmm. and they begin, uh, drooping, which makes it a little bit uh, more difficult to discern where the dead ends are. Uh, it's more of like an interface gimmick than anything. Um, it doesn't present like a real, uh, like a, like a real challenge. And they and they they crank this up at the end. Yes. Has has someone done a picture of one of those and then been said, uh, take this down, Pepsi bottles only do this when they're very distressed? <laughs> uh, if you want to alley oop that joke for me on Twitter, I can uh, come in yeah. or I can put one up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just going to erase the clock after we record this to put that up before uh, before this episode drops. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a real John Henry to see whether I can come up with that tweet before you can edit the episode. Yeah, we're recording and releasing this on the same day. Um, oh man, yeah, there's a steel panel uh, block here, uh, so you cannot solve all the panel puzzles here. But the last one you can do uh, sends a power line outside to this boathouse. Which yeah, you can head over towards yeah to uh, uh, out off of the boathouse over to uh, Symmetry Island, uh, which is more of a peninsula. <laughs> yeah, don't don't panic. Yeah, what do they got there? Symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is uh, combining rules. Your first like official rule combination, um, where you uh, the you have black hexagons they have mm-hmm. to go through. Um, and then, so you have to go through all of those while doing both paths. And then sometimes they have blue and yellow hexagons. So you have different colored paths that much must go through their matching hexagon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, by the end, uh, actually the, 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 the kind of, uh, interface complication that they add is, uh, you get to a line of puzzles where each one, uh, uh, on, on each one, the yellow line, it gets, uh, fainter and fainter. Uh, until it is um, completely transparent. Uh, and this is also where they start introducing um, bilateral symmetry. I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's not like straight up mirrored top to bottom or left to right. Like both lines will start like in diagonal. a diagonal. Yeah, yeah, like diagonal symmetry. Um, and you have to kind of intuit uh, where it is starting from by like uh, drawing a path and seeing where they block each other. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is also where uh, the background where you st- you draw over the the mountains, mm-hmm. the reflections in the water. Uh, yeah, well over here, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been a minute since I played this part. This was stuff I did when I was playing it in November. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't start a new game over when we when we did this. Yeah, uh, we started doing it for the show because I wanted to get as much of it done. But I think that's where this is as well, mm-hmm. where uh, a panel will be out in front of islands you see out in the sea. Mm-hmm. They're reflected in the water. Uh, again, looking, training you to look out in the world, mm-hmm. um, and the path goes over the uh, the rocks and the reflections. Yeah, the fact that the panels are transparent here is important because uh, the information yes. behind them uh, reflects on you. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so when you get to the end of this, um, it's unlocked when you release these steel plates on the door um, with these six paired panels. Uh, the yellow uh, panels have the symbol that you draw the path around, and you need to mirror the path on the opposing blue panels. So that's three panels on the left, three panels on the right, um, and you need to do thing. You need to do a path on one and match the one that's across from. Yeah, this is um, where I took a shot at the screen with my cell phone um, when I saw the yellow one, then walked over in and put the reverse on the um, yeah. on the on the opposing one. Yeah. The final trick here is that the uh, the final one, the blue panel is rotated mm-hmm. around. So it's kind of it's like spatial reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Puzzle like, you know, which what would this shape look like if it was inside out? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so once you clear all of these, there is a yellow box that has a puzzle on it and you draw a simple line. Uh, this is your first laser. Uh, it sends up its little stalk and then shoots a beam to the top of the mountain at the other end of the island. Yes. Uh, again, you know, tying into the philosophy of this in a weird kind of prescriptive way, painfully slowly. Yes. <laughs> uh, it wants you to watch this technology slowly unfold. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough for like an area I completed, one of my least favorite uh, areas is the desert ruins. <sighs> yeah. I, I hate this shit. I hate this, this puzzle. This is I bad. This rule. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is just really frustrating and dumb. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, I'm like, man, like, yes, this is a way you could do it. Mm-hmm. You've done the Uzumaki trick of coming up with a spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, is this fucking tedious? Yeah. Well, because it, it you have to, I mean, okay. So the trick, <laughs> the trick to this is that uh, there is no clue. Like there are no symbols on the, uh, on the grids. Uh, you have to catch a reflection of light on the panels to see where the correct path has been worn in by other people solving it. However, it uh, quickly adds in uh, things that block the path of light. So you have to stand either in a very specific position um, in order to see uh, what it is, you know, where the path is, and then go up and enter it, um, uh, go up and enter it when you're close, um, or stand in two different positions and sketch out where they would meet and then get close and and get, get close and put it in. As you progress through this, the opportunities to actually see um, where the correct path is are incredibly limited and you have to stand in some really like specific non-obvious spots um, and just like just really finicky like okay if I nudge over to the right and look up is it going to get the reflection I don't I don't know I'm not sure yeah You, you know what I desperately wanted in this game like a no clip mode yeah so instead of and I understand why they didn't do that mm-hmm. but I just wanted to be able to more quickly mm-hmm. switch between these perspectives yeah um you know, because there are ones where you know you have to go look at a, a perspective of something and it's not like you just have to walk a couple feet like i have to climb some stairs mm-hmm. and get up on this catwalk to look down there and if i make a mistake or if i don't write that down if i think i can keep it in my head and i can't mm-hmm. i'm just doing that again yeah and part of the the remit of this game part of the thrust is like hey slow down enjoy these parts where you're just walking and not doing anything that's time to reflect mm-hmm. like it's kind of like boss run the game <laughs> you know like oh this is going to give you time to reflect on your mistakes yeah and that adds to that school marmish yeah. feeling to the do, whole thing do um, it exactly right yeah it's and this is this is so long like mm-hmm. when you get to, you do all the ones up top, you know, Yeah. no, no real big deal. You can do the ones up top, but it unlocks this basement and this basement again, my entire fucking bridge, <laughs> just, just chomp the bridge, dude. Yeah. I got a bridge to sell you. It's right here. Gets <laughs> <laughs> it down between Bofa Avenue and D street. Um, <laughs> like, uh, this just, it's, it's so fucking tedious. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's reflections and uh, this little bit 
uh, combined with a water level puzzle. Paid it. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I just, if this is the old bus, I could shoot you for designing this. <laughs> yeah, no, just, uh, okay, just, you, you need to start the start the water level uh, going. It's only going to be visible for, like, the, the correct solution is only going to be visible for, like, one moment. So hopefully you either memorized it or had your camera ready uh, to take the screenshot mm-hmm. to see. Uh, and if it doesn't, you've got to wait for the puzzle, you've got to wait for the water to go back down um, and hope that you're in the right spot. Yeah. Yep. Blah. Blah dislike yeah but as you go deeper into the pyramid you know you lose sunlight uh and you have to start relying on artificial light then you look then you get into the reflections um and then yeah uh then then you get to the water level part didn't care for it gotta say yeah yeah it just it just this is the first time where i would look at a thing and just get uh very exhausted yes like i would look at a thing and be like okay like, I'm just going to dig around and start looking around, mm-hmm. see what I can find and see what, what's noteworthy. It just started feeling like work. The one cool... And f- oh, good. Sorry. It's it's not like from this point on in the game, it felt like work. It was this, you know, the sawtooth wave yeah. where it's like, you know, it would feel like really joyful to figure out the rules and do the first few puzzles and then mm-hmm. eventually it would become like work. This is the first one that felt like work kind of relatively early and irritating work. The cool thing that I liked about this was figuring out that some of the panels had um, motion controls on the back, uh, like mm-hmm. understanding, oh, that's not a puzzle. That's just a way that, you know, that this is the way that you interact with the world to change the state. So, like, you would start a slow rotation and then get in position to have the pattern revealed on the reflection as it as it crossed the right angle, you know? Yeah. Figuring out that the that the panels themselves could be phys- physically manipulated uh, is a neat trick, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all playing into that, like, hey, pay attention to your surroundings and yeah, yeah. you know, look, you know, look at this from different sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, the final, like, the final chamber I thought was kind of neat because it got away from the reflections a little bit. Uh, the last panel um, is made of transparent glass. You can't draw the pattern that you need from the front. Uh, so you have to uh, make a note of the pattern and then go and draw it in reverse from the back of it. Yeah. 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 Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this gives us an elevator and uh, our second laser. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sending out the beam over the ocean uh, towards the mountain. Yeah. No, not towards the mountain because no. this one has to be uh, deflected. Yeah. You have to follow the path yeah. and see that it, uh, it is, you know, that there's a thing. I mean, almost exactly that, like there's a panel that you have to manipulate in order to get the reflection. I think that's cool yeah. the way that it ties in with solving the, the other puzzles re- with reflections. Like you have to lock it in by understanding, yeah, these, these panels are reflective. Well, you also use this, uh, use this thing on the environment panel for the, uh, the cloud line. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. this is the one where you redirect this laser to light up the section of the clouds for when you're doing that. Yeah. yeah. That section. Mm-hmm. So relatively neat. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the next area is that uh, we got in the notes, but again, you can do this. Uh, this is not the order I went in, but yeah. uh, the marsh. Yeah. Uh, here. You got a swamp. I, I order these because like I went in the order of like, okay, you're going to need to know the Tetris pieces. So like I, yeah. I did the ones with like that taught you the elements before they were remixed later on. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, I hate this. The Tetris blocks <laughs> are a real problem for me, Gary. <laughs> I, I'm not a big, big fan yeah. uh, of these either. They're not my least favorite. Yeah. The, uh, the upside down triangle thing, the like the subtracts. Oh, element. the annulation. I like that one actually. Uh, 
that that one that killed me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like the suns very much. Yeah. Um, this one uh, I was mostly okay with. Uh, eventually, it got obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, to me, the the concept here is that uh, they'll enter. They'll show you Tetronomos. And whatever tetramino you see, uh, you have to enclose that tetramino in the shape of the tetramino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to get uh, and then still complete the maze. So you still go from the circle to the end, but the path you're taking needs to include, you know, a two by two Tetris block. Yes. You know, for example. Um, and one of the things that you need to realize is that the orientation of the shapes on the panel does not determine the way that if you have two or more uh, tetrominoes, that, that that is not the way that they have to go. So there can be a T and an S, you know, the T below the S, but the valid solution has you uh, taking the, t- the tetromino and putting the T above the S in, or, in order to solve yeah. it there. It just has but to... But not rotating. Right. The, there are ones like, that will rotate and those are displayed as slightly askew. Yeah. 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 But initially it's just the positioning of them. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, it, it kind of makes an attempt to teach you that the walls count, um, you know, before this, but that is kind of a hard idea to convey without text. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um, here, um, as you're adding more Tetra shapes together, you are doing more complicated things and there are still breaks in the path. You know, there are still complications, mm-hmm. Yeah. uh, to your map. So this, this is hard. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, uh, this it, is a marsh. You're walking around on these colored walkways, uh, and oftentimes you are solving puzzles um, in order to uh, move little pieces of the bridges. Yeah. Yes, uh, which takes again a million years. Yeah, uh, the game wants you to just set and be, you know, play John Cage's three, you know, two thirty three <laughs> every yep. single time something like this happens. Yeah. Um, the uh, the kind of next level of difficulty you get through this um, are these blue eraser blocks mm-hmm. um, that are, will get rid of um, one of the parts of the shape mm-hmm. for you. Um, these are fine to me. Yeah. They don't show up after this. No, no, they're, ex- this, this is really weirdly cordoned off. Yes. Here. I think it would have been difficult to, it would have been very difficult for them to um, uh, mix this with other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, you uh, end up doing some small runs of puzzles like down beneath the water uh, in these uh, kind of like colored off areas. But the ultimate goal will lead you into I think this is actually pretty cool. Uh, this kind of like little house. It's like uh, uh, a raised house with this three by three gr- uh, grid of red tiles. Uh, and there are a couple of panels on either side. Uh, the way that you draw the path will determine um, which tiles are raised and which ones are lowered. Um, and you have to mm-hmm. figure out uh, the order in which you have to solve these um, in a particular way to create a path for yourself while also destroying the path behind you to create the path forward. Yeah. 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 It's it's neat. It didn't feel as connected to the the central gimmick right. of the zone to me as I wanted it to, but it's it's cool on its own. Yeah. Um, the, uh, one of, an area that I really liked. Oh yeah. I love uh, this. The next one, the keep. Yeah. The keep I think is very cool. Um, where, uh, so this is a kind of a castle fortress with hedge mazes. Um, and the, uh, you walk through a hedge maze, which you then are taking note of your first person perspective. And that is the solution to the puzzle. Yep. <laughs> um, which you put in and the complications they add is that the mazes change. So the panel was put in, but they put in little gates mm-hmm. in the maze. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of look where they've trampled the grass to get through there. Yeah. 
Uh, love love making note of that. Um, mm-hmm. The third maze ended up falling down because it was the first audio cue. Um, the correct path is the quiet gravel, not the loud gravel. So mm-hmm. um, have to turn up the audio uh, in order to figure out, okay, it's not going to be here. Got to gotta walk over here, take this path. Um, uh, the fourth one picks back up again. I like this uh, because this has no hints other than the uh, the differences between the physical maze and the panel puzzle. So you have to go and like check and see which solution uh, through the maze would be valid for both. And that is the one that yeah. uh, that, that ends up being correct. Yeah, they do do a couple of things like that, like where there'll be two different puzzles and which your your move is whatever will work for both. Yeah, and that like, is a cool way of conceiving. You're running a you know, you're, overlapping you're them in your mind, running a diff on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, after this, you get up to this tower that overlooks the courtyards. Um, when the the keep, one of which we had to solve to get up here, mm-hmm. and there's this panel overlooking the maze that uh, resembles all the mazes together. So you trace a path uh, through all those puzzles together, mm-hmm. and this activates the key laser. Yeah, uh, so this one is one big path through multiple puzzles. Yeah, I like this. Um, uh, what's great is you only have to do one of these. There's a whole other courtyard uh, behind you mm-hmm. on this tower that has a more complicated solution. You don't have to do both of them. Um, yeah. If you if you just if you figure out how to put together the pass on the one, then Yahtzee, you have a laser going. You don't have to do the others. Uh, unless you uh, kind of want to see what their gimmicks are, so you can comment on them for your podcast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I did not finish all the other ones. Yeah. Um, I just did them, and then I was like, I, I would like to look at something different. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the the back courtyard uh, is in more of a state of ruin. It's not as manicured. There are also creepy statues that look like people frozen in place. There have been a handful of these. This is the highest concentration of them. And these are done uh, generally for little fun perspective tricks. So, like, mm-hmm. one of the more famous ones, there's a guy who uh, standing. It doesn't look like he's really doing anything. But if you look at shadows, the way the, the light, it's his shadow is juggling. Mm-hmm. But he is just staying there with his arms in the air like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of these have these little little gimmicks. I, I really, I, I'm sounding dismissive of this. I actually like this a lot. Yeah. Um, like flipping around their perspective to see all the cool optical illusions and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, that will pop up. Yeah. Um, the puzzles on this backside, um, all of them, uh, as you walk, it lights up the path under you. Uh, and then that mm-hmm. creates the path that is, uh, uh, you know, the valid way. Uh, and you have to input the, the, you know, the solution by walking along uh, the light up tiles. If you screw up, uh, you can go back and reset it. Um, it's and- like the, uh, the puzzles in the Billie Jean video. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's actually a clue. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and uh, sometimes your actual path is blocked. Uh, you can't get to where you need to go. Um, you know, so you have to treat those as like walls uh, in the in the um, uh, regular panels that you have seen before. The trick is you don't have to do this linearly, so you can start at a different spot. You don't have to walk the literal path. You just have to light up the correct path. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's another kind of final exam where it combines all of them, but it adds in the rules we've seen so far. Yes. So it adds in hexagons and black and white sections and Tetris pieces. Uh, so you can't trace your exact path. You have to do it while following those rules. Yeah. Tough. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the puzzle, the next one if, through the back of the keep, you can go out to the shipwreck. Um, this is an infamous. Yeah. Uh, this is puzzle? one Jonathan Blow said, like, oh, only 1% of people would probably be able to solve this. 
with a smirk. <laughs> uh, you know, only people like me. I'm the puzzle um, devil. You be, yeah, you must be this John Blow to enter. Um, but this is an infamous puzzle. Yeah, the shipwreck. Uh, it's very difficult. Yeah, we won't know how to do it mm-hmm. uh, until later, but it has uh, colored hexagons, symmetry, and audio cues mm-hmm. uh, to this. Um, the only reason to do this um, is to get this little audio log. Yeah. There's no laser or anything. Yeah, I made a note of it because it is the only reward for the most difficult puzzle, you know, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't have like time constraints put on it. Uh, but it's about this owner um, of a ship that was worn and old. And because it had held up before, he had convinced himself that he could send it out again. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it sinks, is he responsible for, you know, for uh, the deaths? Uh, and the conclusion that this excerpt reaches is that, yes, is that he uh, based his conclusion um, uh, on him stifling his own doubts about it, as opposed to directly inspecting it. Right. So yes. like, oh, you know, you only made, made that decision because you quieted something. It's um, almost reached by negative inference as opposed to what's actually there. And this yeah, is empirical. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. You know th- things are are better. Yeah. Um, the next area I actually went to before I went to the castle or the uh, Tetrises was the shady trees. This is good. Um, yeah, th- this is cool. Yeah. Uh, this, the whole idea here is, uh, you can't, you know, this is the basically like step on a crack. You break your mother's back mm-hmm. of witness puzzles. Um, you can't cross over shadows when they hit the puzzle. Yes. So you have to trace around these branches, um, you know, trying to figure out and, but there are grates that will also complicate things. Yeah. They'll cast a shadow. Um, yeah. And the grates don't bother you. It's like um, like uh, astral projection and shadow run. Like you can't go through <laughs> living matter, but you can go through you know, inanimate matter. Hey, Gary, that was a good uh, good analogy. Thank you. Yeah, hey, I got shadow run on the brain. I can I tell you? You know, uh, you know, you roasted me like a couple episodes where I was like, <laughs> I was thinking about the Ninja Turtles Christmas special, and you know, like, that could be any day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shortly after that, I had a dream. Okay. I know explaining dreams is great content uh but in the dream one of my friends overheard me or i overheard one of my friends talking shit about me and the thing they were talking shit about me was that every time we hang out i talk about the ninja turtles having sex and then gaslight him into th- <laughs> believing that i didn't <laughs> he's just like i can't believe he's constantly talking about the ninja turtles fucking and then when we ask him about it he said he didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> like, very plausible yeah and, uh, like you know, just, <laughs> weird fucking dream man yeah and then, and then it turned into like a boring dream where i was trying to like write him a letter to tell him off for talking shit about me but i couldn't like the words weren't coming out right yeah you know, it just got turned to a dream eventually right right but initially that was what he was mad about and i was like oh this makes me so mad you're talking shit about my ninja turtle sex gaslighting <laughs> go to hell greg that is uh, that is extremely <laughs> funny. Yes, it was good. And yes. I, I'm I almost guarantee it was put in my my subconscious by by you making fun of me for that turtles thing. So well, I'm sorry that I caused dream you distress. <laughs> no, no, it was it was uh is good distress. Yeah, I deserved it. <laughs> Talk about the turtles and Shadowrun as much as you want, bud. Uh, yeah, no, it's I, I think it's not like you could stop me if you if, if, if trust me. I tried. The podcast network. Yeah, Podcast Network broke up. Like the the Turtle Turtle Run podcast will will be a go. (laughs) Favor, stop doing all this. Yeah, every other episode, we go between the Ninja Turtles and Shadowrun, and that's it. Oh my gosh! And and never the two shall meet. (laughs) It seems like you are working towards synthesis. No, you are not. (laughs) 
that for six straight years, and Ninja Turtle One has not shown up on a shadow run. <laughs> what does Dunkle's on think of the Ninja Turtles? We'll never know. Yep. Not on this podcast. <laughs> and that's the promise we make. <laughs> oh, but yeah, you're supposed to discern that only the shadows that the trees and leaves cast matter, uh, not the uh, the kind of trellis and uh, grading. Uh, that, that that is put up there. Uh, there's another section of puzzles where it's the opposite, <clears throat> uh, where you actually have mm-hmm. to follow the the, the shadows uh, that are cast across uh, this time as well. Um, what ends up complicating a lot of these is that uh, the shadows are not cast directly on the panels. Like there's one that's like where the panel has been moved. So you have to translate mm-hmm. the shadow. And then there are uh, areas where the shadow is interrupted by different surfaces. So you have to like uh, kind of like make a note of where they would join um, yeah. uh, there and kind of make make a guess about uh, how many blocks up and down you move between uh, each little turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we start ending up with uh, broken branches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this next little group where, uh, you know, if a branch is broken, that's a dead end. But if we get to a perspective where they join up, mm-hmm. um, that will become a path. Yeah. You know, um, and we do these to open up the laser emitter. Um, the uh, the right side of this panel would get here has you kind of following this light and the left has you following the shadows. Yeah. So there's uh, ones where you have to avoid, you know, the shadows and ones where you have to revel in it. Yes. Uh, and only when the two come together can you uh, can, can you get the synthesis when the <laughs> when uh, what's his name uh, uh, John, John, John Johnny Sunglasses from SNES what's his name Jake yeah when, when oh, Jake, Jake Armitage yeah. yeah when Jake meets Donatello then the laser powers yeah. up <laughs> finally <laughs> yeah. lock and load Donatello I'm sure you got some anti ice measures for me <laughs> yeah. Donatello make a hell of a decker oh yeah. Oh, that's why you I know? chose him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's those legs here, man. I, I'm gonna run a Shadowrun campaign pretty soon. Yeah, uh, when we start getting back to in-person games, and if I make it a Stealth Ninja Turtles mm. thing, this episode will be to blame for it. Yeah, well, it's a test to see who in your game group listens. <laughs> yeah, which the answer is none. Yeah, I don't expect them <laughs> the to. The answer I'm pretty sure is zero. <laughs> maybe Brayton, maybe Nick. But these shows are fucking long. Yeah. Um, so. uh, the next area we go to is something that I like the concept of, but it felt more slightly more one note to me than the shadow one. Yeah. Um, in a way, the monastery, which is about um, solving puzzles with uh, like these lattice panels or kind of stencils mm-hmm. facing them. Yeah. So again, it's, it's the same bit. Like you're finding different perspectives to see the pathway through it. Yeah. A little bit more complicated. Um, there's a really tricky one where you, uh, there's this like little thing in the middle, this little plinth that you use to open and shut different shutters agonizingly slowly. And, uh, you have to do one of the puzzles by starting it and then closing the, or starting the animation, starting Mm -hmm. the puzzle. And it completes only for a second when the, uh, the shutter is partway down. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to make it in transit. Mm-hmm. Uh, complicating the matter is that one side is like the um, has the stencil that will be the direct um, uh, kind of panel solution. Uh, the other uh, the patterns that are there have no panels b- b- uh, behind them and end up being um, environmental puzzles that you do. Uh, like there is a mm-hmm. story that is being told through trip- triptych about like reaching for forbidden fruit 
it's kind of like a garden of Eden kind of thing. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, either the, uh, fruit or the sun ends up being the, uh, the starting point, you know, drawing a line to the hand of the person reaching out. Yeah. <clears throat> so kind of cool and like a nice little environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, again, it felt a little one notey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me. Uh, brief, yeah. very brief. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is, it's also small, which is good. It doesn't open up into a big flooded shit basement or anything. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You know, it does not overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the central tree puzzle uh, that you do, uh, where you have to uh, draw lines around the branches uh, where the leaves grow. Um, uh, and that is a matter of perspective as well. That will power up the laser here. Um, you know, and like the environmental puzzles, like you can run across them by accident either here. Um, or the, no, the desert is where I ran into them, um, before it was like explicitly signposted to me. Like, did you, did you grok those before it was brought to you? And where did that happen for the, you? The, the, the first one I got, um, was just through exploring. So the first time I got a laser, I went up to the mountain mm-hmm. and it's, it was the river. Yeah. Yeah. That's the signpost one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, well, it's, I, you know, didn't I just ended up noticing I did not. Oh, I did. Yeah. I, I, I also didn't say yeah. that to, de- to denigrate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just that that was the one I ended up finding. Like I just got up to the mountain and looked back, mm-hmm. but it was just because I did not understand, you know, I didn't, I didn't win in this game pretty spoiler free because the one thing everyone told me was like, you know, don't, don't know yeah, anything yeah. about it. If you can, I knew the environment mattered to your puzzles, but I only thought it was like things like the shadows. Yeah. So I went there initially because that's where the laser went. Yeah. You're unsure of the rhythm. Like, is there something I need to look for up there? Is this like the puzzle tower in the library at Mist? Right. Exactly. Is this going to power up the mountain section, which is then going to power up the swamp, which is then going to power up instead of thinking of, um, you know, like uh, Kurvana gets drawing of an asshole where all the lasers go into the the middle. So um, that is the first one I saw. Mm -hmm. And then after that, like it became pretty obvious to me, like doing that one unlocked a lot of them. I don't know how many of them I got, but it was the one thing in the game. Like I got pretty done with this before, you know, before I was done with it. You know, is is my my kind of mixed reception to it. Yeah. But uh, this is the one thing I did kind of seek out. Yeah. Um, which I didn't have to for completion. Yeah. Like I would get to an area and look around for these first because I thought they were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then get on to the the panel puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, the next area is something of an idea. The very few people like this. I ended up intuiting it a little bit better. Uh, you know, a little bit more quickly, I think, but it is not intuitive. Uh, at the bottom part um, of the like foothills and the mountains, there are two kinds of forests, one that is kind of more woody and the other one is like bamboo. Uh, and this is where you get sound puzzles. Uh, mm-hmm. And these these panels are unlike other things that you have seen before. You're listening uh, for the pitch of these animal calls and then you have to chart the pitches, um, the order of those pitches in the panels. So it will be like high monkey hoot, low monkey hoot, middle, middle. And then that's what you draw. And it's, and it's the uh, thing that you put in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also generally thought these were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why people would not like them though. It's, you know, because you know it's like. To draw a comparison to Mist, it's like uh, the uh, solution to get into the Selenetic age, where you you hit the notes on the piano and then input that same pitch on the uh, sliders. Like, I think that will also determine your relationship with this. It's just, are are you perceiving pitch? How well can you do it? Perceiving pitch, like relative pitch. Yes. Like very specifically. Like, even once you figure out that this is about pitch, you can think of it, you can overcomplicate it very easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by, by... 
applying more knowledge to it than it really wants mm-hmm. you to have. This is something where I feel like this should have been like almost like a one-off puzzle. Yeah. Because he, making the intuitive leap that I need to translate sound to vision mm-hmm. uh, is enough. And all the attempts to complicate it are kind of what was annoying to me. Yeah, yeah. Where you it's know? like, okay, figure out which animal you're supposed to be listening for in this crossed over, you know, interference of multiple speakers playing. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, okay. Like, I guess that's, it's a skill, but it doesn't feel very puzzly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's, it's challenge in a weird way that doesn't feel like the rest of the challenge in the game yeah. to me. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, after you get uh, through that, there's a set of puzzles up in this bamboo thicket up here um, with these differently sized hexagon dots in the path and the pitch uh, defines the order they have to go. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, you know, the lower pitch going to the, uh, the, you know, certain hexagons and the higher pitch going to other ones. Yeah. Um, again, this, this is where it got a little bit obnoxious to me. It's not horrible, mm-hmm. but a little yeah. bit obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and this gives you a, a, a laser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go to the other Nadir, the bunker. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not super into this bunker. <laughs> Uh, yeah. the, uh, do not do that. I mean, it's a, this is going to sound uh, cranky. Um, I don't love any of the things that come next. Yeah, like I do, you know don't love them. Yeah, uh, th- it's fine. But this is the point. By this point, I had wrung my joy out of the game. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. And the things from this point weren't too complicated for me to get because I did more of them, but became too fiddly for me to enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh let, let's talk about exactly what's wrong with this bunker because this whole area, uh, it's a, it's it's a greenhouse and it is all about uh, perception of color. Uh, this is a building building that's kind of embedded in the side of the mountain down by the sea, um, and um, inside you are separating squares by color. Uh, you know, an elaboration of just the black and white. So uh, you know, you you are keeping more than two things apart um, as you go. Uh, this is relatively simple. The complication has you, um, you know, inputting what you think is their correct solution and having it reject it. Uh, but then mm-hmm. this area is full of colored glass that you look through uh, and then see what like the real colors um, on the panel are. And then going back around and then inputting um, the real solution uh, that you have made a note of by taking a screenshot yeah. of it on your cell phone. <laughs> And this fool doesn't understand that color constancy means that there are no real solutions to this. Right. Yeah. You know, the dress is both colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's your brain. Yeah. It's your brain fool. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, we had upstairs other uh, puzzles on this wall. Uh, you lower to see the, the, do- the dots that are on it in uh, daylight and in the dark, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of, uh, do this. And the final puzzle is this elevator. It takes you to, to uh, different floors with these very, very strongly cover- colored lighting screens, like very violently colored, mm-hmm. changing the groupings on uh, one group of these squares that you have in the panel. Yeah. So it makes a big difference, the, the light that you're in. Again, you know, color constancy stuff. Yeah. Uh, the trick is that, you know, you cannot. Uh, so one of the floors you can't get to naturally because the wire to it is broken. So even if you input the solution for it, you can't uh, you can't go there. Uh, what you have to do is kind of intuit. Okay, to get beyond this, that's the color of light there. What would that do to the white dots that are on here to change the input? And then that's how you get past it to get up to the top where you activate the laser. Uh, very colorblind, unfriendly, and yes. I do not do very much of this. Yeah. Um, another very frustrating section to me hmm. uh, is the treehouse section. 
Um, the suns are actually like not horrible to me. Uh, the thing I don't like in this is the section with the bridge. Uh, yeah. where you're basically doing a, a, a puzzle per step mm-hmm. of this that comes a little bit later. That progress is too slow. Yeah. Uh, in a way that just felt like it was crushing me into dust. Mm. Uh, in a way that I would never, never recover. <laughs> um, you, uh, to get here, you go by boat. Um, there is a boat, which is kind of like a fast, slow travel. <laughs> yeah. Slow, um, fast travel. Yeah. <laughs> slow, fast travel. Yeah. Like you can, you can kind of go from zone to zone sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you head here, the direct route, uh, from this keep is blocked off by this drawbridge. So you have to send this boat up, mm-hmm. um, to the Northeast of the Island. Yeah. And this introduces the sun block, um, little sun shaped blocks. Uh, you need to have uh, two and no more than two kind of paired off within a segment. Yes. The suns go together. Right. Twin suns. Yeah. And you're solving these puzzles to extend uh, segments of bridges that are made up of the panels as you go along. Um, at certain points, uh, the puzzles have multiple exits. Uh, so you have mm-hmm. to put in different valid solutions to direct where the uh, where the puzzle bridge is going to go. Um, yeah. They add in uh, colored sunblocks that uh, that complicates things, um, you know, in addition to the black and white blocks and uh, the Tetris pieces. There's a, like a rule in this with pink and green suns where they don't behave exactly like you would expect them to. It's only present here. Uh, I don't know what they're trying to say. Uh, uh, like yeah. I, I cannot, I could not describe to you exactly how those behave because those did not need to be paired off uh, like the other ones did. Yeah, it's one of those. I I also didn't get that far in these. Like a lot of these, you know, I did I did seven lasers. Like mm-hmm. I did not do more than seven lasers. Yeah, yeah. I dipped my toe in all of these things though. Yeah, yeah. But a bunch of them, I got to the point where I was like, I don't know what you're trying to do, and I'm irritated. Yes. You know, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um the big the big thing with this for me is just the iteration was too slow. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're getting to where you're designing the bridge, like doing the different exits to c- try to get to the correct place on this. Mm-hmm mistakes were just too costly in terms of yeah back and forth for me yeah the, the, this one didn't bother me uh just different uh different currency spend differently with different people yeah yeah it's also where i got to in this like where i got to it in the game yeah it's one of the last ones i did mm-hmm. um so i was irritated yeah you know uh, about it like i was already kind of irritated and a lot of the kind of philosophical personality stuff that had been building up Mm -hmm. like had accumulated yeah by this point so i was feeling less uh you know less liable you know to to treat this game with grace at that point yeah yeah uh the thing that you're ultimately trying to do uh there's one uh panel that you solve that will open a door um on a uh a, a tree house that's in a different tree uh, the default path does not uh, get you to it in time to get through it. It's a time door. So what you have to do is you have to solve the puzzles in such a way that it creates a shorter path uh, to get in there and mm-hmm. power up the lasers. Uh, there is a very obviously placed audio log here um, that has a uh, an excerpt uh, being read out loud from uh, a guru named Gang- Gangaji. I think that's how you pronounce that. I apologize. That yeah. I actually uh, uh, very much disagree with. Uh, it's talking about mm-hmm. what is <laughs> what is the correct choice when you are evaluating things. Uh, that you must choose silence because though you may think that the positive one is to choose love, by choosing love you are inherently dividing. Um, uh, you know things that you love and things that you do not, and you shut out the po- the, the possibility of ideas. 
which to me just sounds like a justification to keep a distance from everything around you. Uh, when, it's weird, uh, yeah. yeah, that's weird. Uh, because I think that it is our, our bonds that make life worth living. Actually, lady, <laughs> you, you can choose the good things and not the bad things. Like duality doesn't mean that there's, you know, uh, one of the things isn't better experientially. Like, yes, it means that to have light, you need to have dark, mm-hmm. but also I'm going to choose one of those. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, uh, I need all these people to be more aware of their fucking mortality. Like you're going to die and look back on this shit and be like, what was I doing? Yeah. Just, you know, like you, you get one trip, man. Yeah. Gangaji. The, the, like, there was the one audio log that's, there is the one audio log that said there is no difference between good things and bad things. You idiot. You absolute moron. <laughs> God, girls, the witness is <laughs> a, a great idea. Yeah. The, um, Oh uh, man. But yeah, th- this, uh, this, this guru is one of the short films you can watch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not unlock it, but I looked at it on YouTube Yeah, and, uh, and scrubbed through it because it's, it's wordy and obnoxious and long. Yeah. Um, the query is really difficult and you can access, this is the first area I think that is like super varsity, but you can locate it really early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so it seems, you know, uh, semiotically, it seems like something you're supposed to do sooner, even though you're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, and this is the, this puzzle mark. We talked about this earlier. I have a really hard time with Mm. this one. This, my brain did not work with this. Yeah. Uh, so this is like an antibody. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I've seen it called the an annihilation mark, uh, in certain places uh, as in it annuls a rule. What happens is, um, uh, if it is, uh, cordoned off with, uh, certain symbols, uh, uh, one of these will cancel out one of the rules. So you don't have to, um, satisfy it in order to proceed. Uh, the way that this is communicated is you will input it and it will give you the buzz of like a wrong answer, but then it will light up and say, okay, yes, this is, this is taken away. And then it will, uh, power up the next panel for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's probably why this was so hard for me to grok, Mm -hmm. you know, is because it's the, the messaging in terms of like what success and what, what or failure gets kind of confused yeah. in this section, you know? Um, yeah, I just ended up finding this, this very difficult. I didn't get very far in this section because I realized I didn't have to. Yeah. Um, this is also next, there's a sawmill near here as well. Um, and, uh, this, uh, this minus mark, this little Chevy logo or whatever, or Mercedes logo mm-hmm. is also combined with all kinds of different mechanics from the Island. Yeah. You know, since it's the, the minus mark, it has to have everything else. So you're kind of meant to go here after you've, you know, this is impossible if you don't know what sons do yeah. before you try to subtract them. Like the, the, the gate that takes you in here most directly, if you don't go in through the, um, the path that opens up after the shady forest actually has a Tetris piece. Um, and I think a sun on it as well. So like, it's, yeah. ki- it's directly communicating to you like, Hey, maybe come back here once you know what these symbols are, but there are indirect ways to get into this that will have you you in a world of hurt <laughs> yeah yes yeah, yeah. Uh, you do not want to do yeah um you know once you uh do this you get another laser here um we can also head to the town uh here yeah, so the- this is the kind of like final you know you have in the notes as the final exam before the final exam yeah um that's a good way to put it like this is this is your practice test or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is one that you absolutely can just like blunder into. It's a very obvious place that you're probably going to. Uh, I mean, I 
went here pretty early on because it is wide open and it looks like there's going to be civilization here. Yeah. So I you mean, could, you could sell all your extra Tetris pieces. Kinda like <laughs> as a, as a person who plays video games, towns are where things happen. Like you're going yeah. to be attracted to them. Um, but then you're going to see a bunch of symbols that you haven't seen before. I'm not going to go into detail um, on all of this because it has a number of different buildings um, that has mixtures of mechanics from, from other areas uh, on the island um, and uh, often mixing in, standing in the correct place to draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of statues and stuff here too. Yes. You know, and it's interesting to contrast this, you know, we talk about what this game feels like it's missing compared to say like a mist or an outer wilds, the in outer wilds, the highlight of that game were sections of civilization mm-hmm. or the cities, because you were learning again, you know, as you mentioned this in the generalities, like really good point. It's that's where culture happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so Yeah. here. Um, so being drawn to the town makes sense because culture is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, this picture is easy. It's got people in it. Doesn't it? <laughs> you fucking idiot. You know, I'm James, I, I'm James Burke. You're a fucking moron because you like art. Um, the, uh, so, uh, we, we should talk about that. We should talk about the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this windmill that we can head down and this is where we can put in our secret codes to watch movies that Jonathan Blow likes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, the, the James Burke one that made me drop my iPad in disgust. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lecture by Richard Feynman who has a really fun New York guy accent. <laughs> yep. A little, little bit less execrable to me. Um, yep. You get the uh, ending of Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky's Nostalgia, uh, which is mm-hmm. in and of itself an incredibly imposing work. That is intentionally yeah. confusing and why he excerpted the ending. I have no idea. The The theory that I've read. Um, so the, the clip is a guy trying to keep a candle lit while walking through a church mm-hmm. uh, and light it on one side and deliver it to the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a bunch of tries and he thinks about cheating and all this stuff. And I think it's just supposed to mirror you yeah. the struggle of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, and then, and that's, I think it's as simple as that. Mm hmm. You know, I don't think there's more to it than that. Yeah. Um, it's long. Um, Wait, something shot. by Tarkovsky, Tarkovsky is long? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a well well shot and everything. But yeah. like, there is a thing where like even the, the, the prescriptiveness of this is off-putting to me. Where mm-hmm. like I could see somebody being like, you know, putting this on and being like, okay, I'm going to watch this movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy this. The idea of I got this secret in a video game and my reward is to watch this clip of a, a movie yeah. feels worse to me. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then I, uh, in addition to asking Brian Moriarty about loom, you can also <laughs> ask him about the secret Psalm 46. Yeah. Uh, an, uh, a, an hour long lecture <laughs> that you yep. watch uh, over an eclipse. Mm hmm. Uh, that has a puzzle involved in it. Like you can do environmental uh, things in this as well. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of these puzzles that are on the screens in the, the films, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and there's one of them here where this is the, the Jonathan blow trademark. Hey, wait an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, braid thing. Mm-hmm. For this. Yeah. Uh, th- I think that's the one that you get by doing the challenge um, uh, at the end. That, like, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that yeah. pattern is unlocked there. Uh, it's not numerically yeah. the last one. The last one is a lecture uh, by Gangaji, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have time for. Yeah, I'd never heard of Gangaji. Gangaji awareness went up like 10,000% <laughs> uh, when this game came out, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, kids can't get enough of that Gangaji. <laughs> um, once you have enough lasers done, you can climb up to the mountain. 
Um, and there are a bunch of statues up here. This is a high concentration of statues. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a voice recorder up here with this very long uh, speech kind of about perspective, seeing the world from a new perspective once you've been in space. Yes. Again, really hammering that perspective. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's related, I think, to the pale blue dot uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it feels very similar to that. Um, there is a panel on one side that does not seem to do anything. It's a blue panel with kind of like a zigzag on it. Um, but it overlooks and exactly matches the shape of a river below. Um, this is the first explicit hint of the environmental puzzles, if you have not seen it. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, putting that up here makes sense, especially as you're listening to, you know, seeing things in the perspective. It feels like kind of a uh, the intersection of the mm-hmm. uh, text of the game and the mechanic, uh, which is a good moment. And I'm sure uh, lines up and sings for a good number of people. Yeah. 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 Like you who find this more philosophically, like, like resonant emotionally. Yes. You know, um, if you've done seven lasers, the latches on this box uh, is being carried by one of the statues open up and allow you to drag a line along it, mm-hmm. um, revealing this black and white separation puzzle under the statues. Um, and you have to solve this three different ways by looking at the statues from different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, the statues will stand in a way and you have to stand very particular angles mm-hmm. uh, to get around their legs and their feet and their arms and stuff to get down uh, beneath. Yes. Um, and what they are standing on top of. Um, is the pathway down into the mountain itself, kind of a spiral staircase that goes around a pillar of garbage. So fans mm-hmm. of the gutter from Dark Souls 2 um, are going yeah. to be in hog heaven here. Uh, See if you find the secret Heineken bottle <laughs> in, in this pillar of garbage. Yeah, um, and this takes you into kind of the final challenge area, the end here. Um, and there are screens that show uh, some areas from around the game uh, worked into the junk. Um, and you go deeper into the mountain where you get into basically a portal test chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The first like thing that where it's explicitly like artificial. Yeah. You know, like we are in a test chamber mm-hmm. where we're in a VR simulation to cause a light bend or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to cause the touchless effect. But this is where <laughs> it's like becomes very obvious. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the first time we are literally uh, creating light bridges. Yes. Like portal. You're using a panel to get across. Uh, mm-hmm. So a little portal shout out there. Um, you reach a workshop um, where we get to see some of the puzzle, you know, where some of the puzzles have been designed. Yeah. Here, this kind of behind the scenes section. Yeah. Uh, there's a streak of panels that have metal debris blocking certain paths. Uh, so you have to stand in the correct place um, in order to solve them. Uh, there's also an audio log um, in the center, uh, central pillar of junk with some writing by BF Skinner talking about how the nature of someone who is being controlled, uh, exerts control over the person attempting to control them. Very obviously talking about puzzle design. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there are green panels on the right wall, uh, that have these kind of blacked out, uh, grid or blind patterns, like window blinds mm-hmm. overlaid. So you're kind of confused where the dots and the blocks are. Yeah. Um, this is where like, you know, the main gimmick of the zone is, the puzzles aren't obeying the rules. Like the screens are not obeying the rules. Right. Um, here, like, because the ones on the left, um, the screens are malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. They either like wrap around or they have like bad vertical horizontal hold. Um, one of them rotates yeah. and the speed in which it does depends on uh, where you're drawing the line. Um, Making me motion sick. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm generally okay with these ones that are just messing with the format. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Again, they remind me of that conceptual spatial conception 
mm-hmm. thinking like what would this shape be like if it was turned 90 degrees yeah things like that i have a, you know an okay brain for that kind of thing so Same. yeah uh, those are fun for me yeah um, the middle section is more concerned with, uh, the light bridges. Uh, you draw, um, one path from one side of it and one path from the other. You have to go back and forth drawing valid lines that will let you bridge in between, uh, while also, uh, getting at and solving puzzles in the middle to open doors. But you have to like snake the paths around each other, um, uh, through a couple of iterations to get to every place where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and to open this, the, the stairs to these bridges, uh, you have to solve a group of puzzles where the colors keep cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another where you have to continually sl- shift the solution so it satisfies every puzzle that came before it. That's cool. So I like puzzles one. in the game. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Uh, I really like that one. That's really <laughs> cool. Um, really, really cool idea. Yeah. Um, and anytime the game played in that space, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Like this puzzle has to work for multiple boards. Yes. Or the solution. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, the ground floor, uh, has you doing some, uh, simple Tetris puzzle and cancellation, uh, Tetris piece and cancellation puzzles. Um, and this is cool. There are four of them that are kind of laid around. Uh, and when you go look at them from a distance, you realize that the solutions that you put in are kind of like the little Tetris blocks on the grids themselves. And then you can draw a line in the spaces between those and you have to use those as clues about the, you know, Tetris piece that would be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you do this, you unlock this chamber that has a statue of a man kind of sitting on the ground on the floor, drawing a, a puzzle on a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your final, like this will unlock the secret mode. Mm-hmm. If you do this guy's uh, panel, yep. Um, but we're not going to do that uh, here. We're going to talk about it in a minute, but yeah, boy, we ain't going to do it. No, I mean, um, and I, I ain't going to do it because the puzzles that you have to do here to get into the final chamber are a bit of a, uh, a tell of what you would do. Uh, and that because yeah. there are two doors, uh, two relatively simple pieces uh, that makes uh, two uh, simple puzzles that makes Tetris and the suns uh, and then colored dots and hexagons. Easy stuff. Uh, piece of cake. However, they are timed and randomized. Yes. <laughs> um, I do not like being timed for stuff in video games in a general sense. Yeah. I've you know, talked about that a lot. Yeah. Um, in this, like that's what the entire like Kaigo, Kaizo mode yeah. Uh, this is about, and that just sounds very hellish to me. Um, it doesn't engage my feel good or smart boy centers to do something quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the same dopamine squirt and epiphany when just figuring something out, regardless of the pace. Yeah. And as I get older, I do, you know, as somebody who's like, a get to the chorus type of dude, I also tend to do things at my own pace a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like all of my, my activities are slower paced. Yeah. you know, I'll, I'll watch a movie in like four parts. Yeah. You know, like go for a walk in the middle of a movie, shit like that. So, like, this is so antithetical to what I want to do. Yeah. You know, uh, it, in life and in, in video games. It's the first time that they've demanded this of you. And I there were just so many times where, like, you, you know, the speed of the input actually felt like it was a limiting factor for me. And, like, oh, I, I, oh, I can, I know this one. This, like, the, the, the randomizer gave me an easy one here. I'm going to draw it. And then uh, the shutter closes and then it opens up a new, yeah. on a new one. This felt more like it was waiting for it to throw me an easy puzzle than it was yeah. like asking me to solve a puzzle within a, within a certain amount of time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's bunk. Um, when you do it, you end up in the sea cave looking out on the ocean with these pillars that have puzzles wrapped around them. So it's, you know, changing that and putting around a different shape. These are not very hard, but they are, you yeah. know, kind of breaking the format a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do these, it raises this elevator 
And we go in the the great glass Wonka Vader <laughs> uh, here. Goes sideways uh, and diagonals, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. Or is, uh, when and you're doing this multiple voices, uh, say a star at dawn, as you're lifted up along this mountain, um, and as the arches of the mountain intersect with the the filigree on the elevator door, the filigree on the door disappears, mm-hmm. and they they say a bubble in the stream. Yeah, a stream. This is a uh, part of a. A very specific Buddhist cone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say. Let's talk about um, how things are temporary. I'm, yeah, yeah. It was not not specifically familiar with that one, but I I know it's a reference to that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and this is slowly flying you over the entire island, um, as the rest of this um uh cone koan uh is uh, said to you, and as uh you go along, more pieces of the elevator are kind of cancelled out by geometry that you pass, and the the lasers are powered down uh until it is just you flying through space uh you know a flash of lightning and a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom, and a dream, and you are flown back to the beginning of the game uh the gate mm-hmm. recloses behind you and you end where you began in that tunnel in the bunker, yeah. Uh, which if you didn't, you know, the idea here, very similar to Mist, like one of the big direct inspirations of Mist is that you can get the trending of this, you know, very, very, uh, or like you do that right at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. If you don't figure that out, if you're just like, well, fuck, and then turn mm-hmm. this off and went away. Yeah. What a slap in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, it's relying on a lot to say like, oh, the player's just going to start a new game. Yeah. Like I can imagine a really intense feeling like, oh, I didn't do all the puzzles. So I got the shit ending. Yeah. That's it for me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but what you're supposed to do is start the new game um, after the puzzles reset. And now we can draw this environmental line on that first gate, that laser grid gate, using the sun yes. as a dot, which creates like a portal to a zone. Yeah. Creates a creates a um, door that you walk into. It takes you to this illogical space, like a resort that is weaving in and out of the mountain. Uh, and the audio logs here have credits for the game. Uh, naming off the mm-hmm. team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like a fancy hotel or like the Blade Runner 2049 hotel yeah. where Harrison yeah. Ford is hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, parts of it. And when you get to the end of this, uh, you go through this kind of like, you know, just void zone, with these light bridges. And then we get uh, the GoPro zone. <laughs> uh, this, we get Jonathan Blow, they go, my life is Jonathan Blow with a GoPro mm-hmm. uh, dot game. Yeah. You know, uh, and we get the the kind of concept of this. Like you wake up in a table, you're in obviously the development studio mm-hmm. where they where they made this, but you're pulling off all of this like medical stuff. Like you're pulling off the old fisherman sticky pads mm-hmm. and like the different uh, you know VR helmet and uh, needles and stuff. You're definitely yanking a catheter out because there's a big bottle. Oh, yeah. of, there's a big jug of piss there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he really wants you to feel that jug of piss. Um, and like you've been here forever, your legs have atrophied. Yeah, you know, you you fall when you try to walk around, and the point of this is you've got the Tetris effect now. Yes, like you see these patterns everywhere. The same way that if you play this game and get really invested in it, you're going to see them everywhere. Yeah, on real life, and the same way that Jonathan Blow did as he started messing with this idea. Yes. You know, so he's going around, like trying to tap on circles and trace on lines, like uh, unable, like the, <laughs> he only gets sustenance because he finds a box of, of cookies that, that look like circles. When he takes a bite yeah. out of it, he sees that it's now a crescent. So he throws it away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, a bit little sides into it until it's a sun and they can eat too. 
Lucky. <laughs> I have two of them in my tummy and two of them outside of my tummy. <laughs> I'm the line. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then it ends uh, with him stepping out into what it looks like a very nice courtyard, very pleasant office, oh, very yeah. nice courtyard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then laying down uh, and uh, looking up at the sky. Very San, San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I just, I just immediately was like, oh, this is San Francisco. Yeah, this is Marin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the, the ending, uh, the challenge zone that you can go into, um, you know, in the caves beneath the mountain there, these are all randomized puzzles. You have to do a gauntlet of difficult randomized puzzles while, mm-hmm. uh, in the hall of the mountain King please. And you have the, the song is the timer. Yep. So when the song ends, you have to stop. You have to stop and, and go uh, back to the beginning, <laughs> solve all the puzzles again. Yep. Uh, you couldn't pay me to do that. Nope. Uh, so yeah. And, 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 and Simon kind of did. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But, but but I I still uh, yeah. I still did not. Um, and that's that's the witness, a, a game that is like does undeniably neat things and still leaves me feeling put off and disrespected and like <sighs> bad. It's such a weird fucking experience. Like I'm I'm really glad that we did it, and I think this is a cool episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone is like, hey, did you like the witness? I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like there are parts of it that I think are really cool, but yeah. like. I, you know, one of the things that I think is, uh, part of my kind of approach to like criticism is I don't like taking things piecemeal, Mm -hmm. you know, like I like interesting failures, but the failures still count. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not going to be the person who's like, I I do 100% think you should play dark corners of the earth, but I'm not going to say, Hey, the shooting and that's good. Right. Right. Yeah, no, like evaluate the thing as it is, Mm -hmm. you know, look at the whole thing and like, yeah, those epiphany moments, pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Really, really neat. Can't take that away from me. I value them. It was mm-hmm. a cool moment. Learning the vocabulary. Uh, boy, neat. Yeah. yeah. Neat, neat. Learning those rules. Really cool. Just a lot of this that just felt fucking greasy, though. Like, kind of sweaty and grimy and, like, condescending during a lot of it. And tedious, mm-hmm. like, during parts of it. And just just really off-putting. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's something about reach exceeding grasp here, too, um, where... Mm. In the final analysis, as you you know look at uh, the 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 philosophy that is being put out here, and even like within the fiction of the game, this is obviously something that in the fiction it's an experience created to you know put somebody into a contemplative mode to achieve some kind of enlightenment, right? That mm-hmm. like that that's what in the world of the game the witness is supposed to be, and therefore the witness the game itself is also supposed to be this. I don't feel like I reached enlightenment through this. I feel like it's trying to sell me that that is what this is about when it actually is about solving line puzzles and seeing the world in a slightly different way. I don't yeah, know that yeah. it has tapped into the basic human truth um, in whole or in part that the sales material contained within it is telling me it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a flavor of, uh, like, you know, the kid coming out of the mattress board saying it smells in there and Jonathan Blow saying, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, no, no. That was, that was, a, that was a certain kind of experience for you. You, you learned about, uh, the nature of trying and the nature of perception and like what it is to know. No, mm, no, I didn't No, you know, no like it, it's, it actually it just, wasn't it I, wasn't that deep it was neat <laughs> i don't know yeah it's the the coolest thing about it to me was uh gamifying inducing the tetris effect yes i think is a really cool idea that does not say very much philosophically i just mm-hmm. think it's cool yeah uh you know but i i just had this and it's not that 
it's a weird thing because when you when you evaluate someone's success at um getting a thing across it's not like i don't think there is supporting evidence towards that theme in the game mm-hmm you know, it's, I do think that that is what he was going for. I think yeah. that I could tell that's what he was going for. It just ended up, like, a, a good way to put this for me was it was way, 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 way less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, those individual bits that were, like, very, very cool that were the highs mm-hmm. did not cohere or get along with the parts of it that were just the 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 middle like the the cornmeal uh-huh in the middle of it to where it like it it ends up feeling like a like a cake that fell or something like yeah all the ingredients are there but it didn't cohere the chemistry was wrong yeah i, I mean you know? i i feel like it would be better served by not being as ambitious in scope as it is you know can something with a six million dollar budget you know can you consider that to be at the vanguard of you know this kind of design that is talking about the ways that experience can change you because um, I think that there is a lot there that actually subtracts from it. And if it was edited down, it could actually make a much better, it could make that point and then leave me with it as opposed to, you know, having the challenge fuck side of it be at odds with the messages trying to get across. Well, cause they're two different ideas. Yeah. You know, that kind of like learning perception thing is, enforced by the the silent learning and the paying attention to your environment and stuff it's not enforced by the uzumaki how many different ways can we uh iterate on this idea right you know let's make you know we have this tetris piece concept let's do every possible puzzle we can do with that concept yeah like that doesn't really play with your theme that just feels a little bit like showing off yeah you know, and those two things are in conflict, conflict with each other. And like, as a person, I'm sure, you know, Jonathan Blow is in, in discussion with himself and conversation with himself about those two sides mm-hmm. in terms of an experience for me, those two things are not, I'm not him. I don't have his brain. And there's, yeah. you know, even though the, the accessibility stuff aside, this game is like, this is for you. If you have my brain, mm-hmm. you know, this almost feels like a journaling exercise, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, good for you, buddy. Yeah. Like, I bet you understand yourself more. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't understand myself more. I feel like I understand you more. Yeah. And I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I don't feel good about that. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in that. Yeah. You know, so it just, it's, it's a weird game for, for a mm-hmm. game that is so slight and so simple. Like, the one thing I'll say is that uh, it did engender like a depth and intensity of feeling that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Just not the ones that I think that it intended to. Yeah. Engender. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, it did, it, it is that success. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, what is that? What does that mean? Who knows? It's been really fun Depends to talk. You look at it. It's been really fun to talk through it with you. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is, yeah, this, I think this is a really good episode of the show. I think this is, you know, this was really fun. And when I was playing it, that was one of the things that was, I was getting the joy out of was like, yeah. man, this is going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, and it didn't end up being, my fear was if this was total, like absolute, like, whole cat food you know like you <laughs> absolutely adored it and it was just going to be the whole thing of me being like yeah this felt really sterile and off-putting and mm-hmm. you saying no i thought it was really beautiful and then that was going to be like two and a half hours of that yeah i yeah. was you know dreading that mm-hmm. uh, so it could have gone a different way i'm glad that you know we, we didn't land in entirely different universes mm-hmm. of it i'll save that for the comments when people yell at me and tell me i don't get it <laughs> so yeah I, at the, i'll at save the, that for the slack fallout <laughs> At the very least, I hope that we have been sufficiently thoughtful. Um, 
to, yeah. to, to convince you that we've engaged with it on some level, if not on the exactly precisely intended level. Yeah. We, you know, it, it wouldn't take it away from you if you had a different experience. Yeah. And I am legitimately grateful to Simon, not just financially, obviously, because like part of that was how I paid rent, mm-hmm. but also thankful to Simon for getting me to play it because I do think it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, part of the cool upside of this job is it's not just playing games that I like. Mm-hmm. It's playing games I find I'm frustrated by, but in interesting ways. Yeah. You know, um, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. If you would like to support an episode, I think we might be down to one slot because a uh, super friend of the show, Jack, mm. uh, sponsored an episode again Neat. soon. So I'm going to reach out to them. Um, but we might be down just one more slot for this year. Uh, if you want to do that, like Simon or Jack, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. If that is too spicy of a meatball, uh, you get cool bonus stuff uh, at the 5 and $10 level. Uh, pretty significant stuff, we think. Yeah. Whole new shows, uh, bonus episodes, the complete uh, premium episodes. Next week, we're talking about Super Mario 3D World. That is the premium episode mm-hmm. where the public gets the first portion, uh, but everybody else, um, or the, uh, but only the patrons are going to get the uh, the full body of it. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Talk about an exercise in contrast between The Witness and Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> th- th- this, uh, th- this month. <laughs> like we, we could not have chosen more different games. Yeah. Uh, this month, which I think is cool. Like it, mm-hmm. it's felt really good to have that kind of variety. It's worked out. Um, next month is similar too. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though there's probably a little horizon zero dawn and prey crossover, but yeah. Um, other than that, very different. Yeah. Uh, if you have thoughts about this month's games, so hotline Miami, the witness or super Mario 3d world, uh, go to duckv.tv slash contact and, uh, right in there. If you have thoughts about multiple games, uh, please separate them. Uh, that does help us uh, put together the dispatch episodes. Uh, get those in by the 15th of June, if possible. Yeah. If you have things to say about next month's games, which are uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Heat Signature, The Stanley uh, Parable, or 2016's Prey, uh, hit us up by the 15th of July. Yes. Um, we would appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also leave us ratings or reviews on Apple Podcast or Podcast Addict. Um, you can also tell your friends. Yeah, you know if you got uh, if if you know maybe not your one your one friend who is like oh yeah the way has changed my life, mm-hmm. but if you have a friend who is like man I couldn't get into that game I can't really quite put my finger on what I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know maybe throw them this episode. Yeah. You know, uh, when we talk to people like at trade shows or, you know, when that used to be a thing before the world ended, um, we, uh, you know, we say uh, uh, to people who are looking at it, like, pick a game that you know, not necessarily a game that you love. If we have covered a game that you uh, know somebody uh, who, you know, they're really familiar with it, uh, uh, send them that episode as an intro point, I think. Yeah. 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 The, the the end point being we're not cheerleaders for things like yes. we evaluate. So if uh, you you like it, we might not and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's about it. Uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should watch out for Gangachi. Don't tell me not to love things. <laughs> Gangachi. <laughs> yeah. Gangachi, Gangachi. <laughs>